Good morning, good afternoon and good evening. And hello, you couple of chuckle fucks. How are you doing? How is life? Are you not going to actually mention the name of the show? No, I'm not going to mention the name of the show at all. <laughs> Welcome to episode two. Well, it's oh. lazy flunkers. Well, there we go. And they should know this. It's in the title. I knew we shouldn't have let Where it go. Where is it Come on. Let's get in. What are we doing here, then? Oh, what are we doing here? Chaps, what's happening? <laughs> well, this is great. At least, at least yeah, somebody's prepared with some form of notes. What's your um, name? Who are you? I'm, I'm Charlesy. If no one listened to the last podcast. Yeah, 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 if you didn't, then I'm Charlesy. And, and who are you? I am Mark. Good. And I am Gertrude. Well, there we go. Nice there to meet go. you Off all. Off to a flying... Gertie, flying Nudes and Charlesy. There we go. Nudes no. as in noodle. Nudes. Noodles, noodles, not as in nudes as in send me nudes. I mean, I, say, oh, I can send you all <laughs> um, the nudes that you wish. No, that's okay. I've got... Yeah. Started off I've got a on a blinder again. <laughs> we, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We will get back to normality at some point and actually start this show with some semblance of of actually professional attitude. I don't think anyone's ever going to be coming to these podcasts for any semblance of professional attitude, to be honest with you. I mean... (laughs) So, how has your week been, Charlesy? Tell us all about it. What have you been doing with your life? I've been working. Um, Where do you work? I'm not telling that. That's private information. People start tracking me down and you work for me. a local brewery. That's all you need to say. Yeah, we've already told them though that we live in Wolverhampton. That was last episode. That's yeah, not going to take long to figure that Wolverhampton is classed as just a local brewery, <laughs> given the amount of alcohol consumed on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm going to end up with uh, non-existent <laughs> fans. What's your postcode? <laughs> My postcode is WV17PQST. VW. People are just going to take straight nine. Did you do there? (laughs) If somebody takes the last three, just puts those together. That's someone else's postcode now. Oh, that is somebody else's (laughs) postcode. It's not mine. WV one at least is going to be relatively town centre. Yeah, that's Um, true. So just probably egg Debenhams. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So you've been working. I've been working. What have you been up to this week? Um, I've also been working. I've been working away. Nothing much. Where where the fuck do you work? I can't tell you. (laughs) A local brewery. (laughs) 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 Well, recently we actually went to see uh, Dweezil Zappa together, didn't we, Charlie? Something else. Oh, yeah, of course. Since the last episode. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot, because that was two weeks ago, almost. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, we're now turning into a music podcast with the sweet, subtle sounds of Frank Zappa, performed by his son, Dweezil. <laughs> was Moon Moon there? What's her name? Is it Moon, Moon Unit. Unit? No, Moon they, they Unit. all hate Moon each Unit. other. It Moon. turns out the yeah. family hate each other. Well, hate Dweezil because he's still keeping his father's legacy alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so yeah. I, I mean, I've got. I like Frank Zappa. I probably would be just as pissed as Moon Unit. When you grow up and you start learning, that ain't a normal name. <laughs> she embraced it. She embraced it. There's Dweezil, Moon Unit, Amet, and Diva. I think that's yeah. the four. Diva's yeah, the only normal-sounding name in the bunch. And she's the one that no one knows much about because she's really a private person. Oh, good yeah. for her. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. So yeah, we went to see Dweezil Zappa. Um, what else have I been doing? Um, playing games, working, masturbating furiously to songs of praise. And that's about it, really. Standard week, basically. Standard week. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for listening to episode two. <laughs> <laughs> I think we ended earlier oh, than the okay. last time. <laughs>
Uh, I apologise uh, if you hear my uh, chair creaking. It's only because I'm on a, on a creaky, weedy chair. He's on a creaky, picking weedy up chair, my drink for today. Ooh, which we're not sponsored, but it's Hooper's Alcoholic Dandelion and Burdock. 4%, 500ml. Recommend that you serve it chilled over ice. I'm doing <laughs> neither the chilling nor the ice. I'm guessing we should be fucking sponsored at this point. Um, we have free advertising now, isn't it? This yeah, free advertising. For Hooper's. Yeah, we'll get them in court, it's fine. So, Mark, what yeah. have you been up to then? I, what's, I, the, what's life I, in I've, Mark's shoes? I, I've, been, I've been working... It's not the last podcast. I've Where do you live? To the <laughs> yeah. We've been doing working. Why, why are we on a podcast? I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty, pretty sure comparatively. <laughs> technically, I've been doing a lot more working than the average Joe. Yeah. So they're trying to kill me. <laughs> I think I would if I was if your you, boss. Yeah, if you worked for me, I would uh, try good, yeah, and throttle you on a daily yeah, basis. That's that's true. They don't. I'm not appreciated here. <laughs> no. Just for reference, um, based upon some, some some things we'd like to acknowledge from the last show, um, and that's perfectly segued. Uh, Mark, you'll notice there was completely. Um, not understandable at all. That is because we've Bollocks. We've, we've learned that Mark is a proper yam yam. Bollocks. And for those who don't understand what a yam yam is, that is somebody from Wolverhampton. Am I going to get really in trouble if I say somebody from the black country? Because I know there's a lot of yam yam black country. Wolverhampton is technically not. Is yam yam like not Birmingham or something? Oh, I mean, Rum is Birmingham. He's got a very thick accent, and, and we've given him a better mic this week, so hopefully he'll be a bit more clearer and understandable. Yeah, that's, that's how accents work, that is, Charles. You, yeah. you get better quality, your accent fades. Well, it's because you just constantly just turns into one long, sort of sludgy mess of you don't even know what he's saying. <laughs> I love you now, right? I don't fucking do a lot of that, right? Um, and also, um, after, after the last episode, we realised it was quite long. What you didn't see or hear, depending on how you... It was um, about the three hours of content. Absorbed. Yeah, is, is that we were probably recording for nearly three hours. Uh, that ended up getting chopped down due to audio issues down to about a one hour 45, one hour 50. And for people who do watch this on YouTube, the, the collective few, shall we say, have noticed also there is now a lack of table in the room. It's because I yeah. demolished the fucking thing. Yeah, you, you, got, into, you got into an actual it. fight with your table. Yes, you? I uh, I thought I'll pack it down and I'll take it back into the, the living room slash dining area and just pop it there again and I'll bring it back in next time we need it. Would it break down? No, it wouldn't. And then the legs started falling off and there was wood everywhere and then I just <laughs> ripped it to part. <laughs> ripped it to shreds Basically. and took it to the skip. Hence why we've got a different set I was going to say, yeah. But I, uh, I'll be honest, I actually prefer this setup. Yeah, and I'm actually making use of this one. No, I was going to say, yeah, I don't think... It's been a dumping ground. This room so. By this, he's referring to a sofa. Yes, for it's our a audio, sofa bed. Audio for, our, for our audio files. Yeah. Yeah, sat on a sofa bed with fucking... What's that stuff? It's foam, isn't it? Sounds, sounds, foam, sounds yeah. audio foam, foam. Stuff. acoustic yeah. foam. Should I be able to put on the walls? No, they no, just stacked it behind the setter. Yeah, so if you, <laughs> if you get a lovely amount of reverb, don't worry. That's because Ad can't be bothered to put his audio foam anywhere. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, the only other thing I've got as an acknowledgement from episode one is the um, Sonic eBay game that we played at the end. Um, I actually had an email the other day that the ring the 10th anniversary collector's edition ring that was only available in Japan it had a list price of £599 just for anybody interested that price has now been dropped to £499 so you can save yourself £100 there Jesus um, that might make it a bit more Joyous. That's attractive no no it doesn't make it any more attractive 
Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, you can always you can always hope. No, no, no. Fucking still too much money. <laughs> Fucking ring. Moving forth, um, the next thing on the list. What have we been playing this week? Mark, would you like to? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hop in on this one. I've been playing uh, Shadow of War, new game by Monolith, the sequel to Shadow of Mordor, which came out in 2015, I believe. And is it giving you, rate it in um, how big your erection is, so is it giving you a semi or is it a full-on erection? Um, I would say it's giving me a nosebleed. (laughs) 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 No, We're we're definitely not a family-friendly podcast anymore. This is is fun. No, no, no. I don't think there was. Okay, so the the thing I want to talk about Shadow War is... It is practically just Shadow of Mordor, but bigger, better, more badass, as it would be. Mm. Um, and it plays, you know, the exact same as Shadow of Mordor. Do you it's still fun. end up having to keep running away from captains oh, because yeah, they're yeah. really awkward to kill? Yeah, you have to kite them. Yeah, proper bastards okay. roaming around in the in, in just even the because like, this is um, in the first game you had um, the first open map. And then you got so far in the story, and you went, oh, ta-da, and you were in the second open map. Hmm. Whereas in this one, it's separate. It's, it's those maps, but there's more of them, and they're, they're called regions now. Because so you start in region one, which is like an entire city, and you roam around mm-hmm. that with captains and various things like that going on, and little missions, side missions. And from there, you move on to other regions, and in these regions, there are fortresses that are held by war chiefs, and you have to, you know... Make you know, or the same as kind of Shadow of Mordor. Basically, you create an army for yourself, and you go and these fortresses are like massive end game levels kind of things. You've got to take over. You've got to kill tons of captains. You've got to break down their walls, send all your arm, orc, orc army in there, and then at the end of it, you fight the war chief. It's basically a boss. It's really good. So as. A, say, for example, watching Lord of the Rings and you jumped in at, say, film two or three and there's nothing, you, you know, what the fuck, you know, you don't, you haven't got any idea, it's not, you can't be watched as a fresh film, you have to watch previous ones to get a full understanding of the story. Hmm. What about this? If I haven't played or anyone hasn't played Mordor before? Well, I mean, if I'm frank about it, the only thing you're going to be playing these games for is the gameplay because the stories are arsetripe. Right, okay. The first one. <laughs> there we go. There, it's begun. Yeah, it's no. begun. The first one, it had what seemed it was very. It's it's, it's very you know standard. It's Talion is your playable character who is killed at the start of Shadow of Mordor. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't played Shadow of Mordor, but this is the very beginning of the game, so you know whatever. <laughs> um, killed at the very beginning of Shadow of Mordor. Your your wife's killed and your child's killed, but instead of actually dying, you are fused with a ancient elven spirit called Celebrimbor and it's the two of you and it basically means you're a revenant basically you right. can't die right so every time it, it, that's there to explain the fact that obviously when you do die you magically teleport back to the nearest fast track location and go oh I'm back but the, the enemies in the system you know in the game actually acknowledge that you keep coming back they call you grave walker yeah so it's the same it's the same in this one you don't really need to know the story that much I mean the ending for Shadow of Mordor was f- fucking atrocious it was it, 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 quick time event boss battle and it just ends yeah and then it just dumps you back in the open world and you're like well you can carry on with all the stuff you were doing before now 
you can do that if you wish. Mm. So Shadow of War, um, it took me about 10, 10 minutes to get into the actual game itself because of the fecking cutscenes. <laughs> it's just cut, it's just Yay. keeps it's like, keeps going, just Stop. keeps going. Oh, cut solid. Yeah, just, yeah, it kind of starts up. But the, the weird thing about it is you've got 10 minutes of cutscene with about a minute and a half of story in, in it, really. Because it, it shows you clips from Shadow of Mordor, then the Italians doing this, and they're making, you know, the, the, I'm not going to detail the story because, yeah. you know, people want to play it or anything, but there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in a very short amount of time and then it goes bang in the game world now you've got to do this and then that's it end of I think the thing that most people are going to be coming to Shadow of War for is obviously the Nemesis system which right. is one of the best systems ever placed in the game mechanically it's basically any orc can become a boss or a captain or whatever you want to call them by basically defeating you in battle and if they defeat you in battle then they're given a name, which is completely beholden to them. Yeah. They're given traits, weaknesses, strengths, and obviously they can then fight their own way up the ranks of the orc army. They can go from like captain to whatever the ones are above that. I can't actually remember. I know the top ones are war chiefs, and they're the highest ranked ones. The, the difference between this and Shadow of Mordor is that um, they now have epic and legendary orcs and things like that. But they are locked behind Warner Brothers' ridiculous fucking introduction of loot boxes. Yay! Woo! In a single-player video I game. I love loot boxes. It's it is. It, at at first, right, you, you realize you, you got you get like um. There's two forms. Obviously, in a fucking game like this, there's two forms of currency. There's the currency you get from playing the game, and then there's the currency you buy. And you realise very quickly the currency you get for playing the game can it's only be used. It's, it's worth fuck all. You can use it to upgrade your weapons. Seems good. Um, which is all right, but you don't get a lot. Okay. So this is where this is where all this kind of shit falls out. It costs a thousand minutes, I think they're called, to upgrade your weapon to allow gems to be slotted. But you only get like fifty when you kill a certain individual orc. So you don't get a lot, and you can get you can get it from doing missions and stuff like that. And you can keep it. You can sell your old weapons because now there's a, a, a gear kind of selection thing going okay. on with levels. So you can upgrade your gear and level up your gear and stuff like that. Get better gear. It changes the way you look and everything. All of that is perfectly fine in my book. The problem is, with the in introduction of loot boxes, you find out that you can only buy the silver chests with the in-game currency. You can't buy the gold chests or any of the, anything above gold. On any of the can words. you get the stuff from the other chests in the silver chests, or are you rare? It's classed like in the silver chests. You can get some stuff, but not all the stuff. Okay. We've noticed this, but it's basically, it's either not all the stuff, or you can get all the stuff, but it's so rare that it's basically it's it's like psychological. It's kind of forcing you to buy the gold to buy those chests because in those chests are not only gear, but there's orcs for your orc army. So instead of finding them freely in the world and creating like because the good thing about the nemesis system is you can create your own stories you can you can find an orc who defeats you and then you can have vendetta missions yeah. and you can keep fighting them and they might keep defeating you or you have to keep running away or you get them right down to their last bit of health and they'll retreat or they'll have a, a skill called death defy where you get to kill them and they break off your guard and they sprint and they can keep coming back and mm. the more you attack them or do things to them the more disfigured they'll get and they'll have like proper lines to the back and forth kind of thing. Yeah. But then you get 
orcs in loot chests that go straight into your army. You haven't found them. You haven't done anything special for them. You just Happen. paid a bit of money, and then ta-da, there's an orc. There's no, there's nothing with them. Now, on a generalisation of the old sort of micro transactions and having loot boxes in games, I wonder whether it's the developers that the ones that have decided to put this in, or maybe it's the is it the publishers? It's all. It's, so there you I go. Mean, it's, so it's the say, fucking. Say it's always the. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of the ten. And I guarantee this is a Warner Brother thing. This is a Warner Brother thing. The Warner Brother mentality. (laughs) They've done done this with countless of fucking games. And then it goes goes with multiplayer as well. Like really good single player games with attacked on multiplayer. You know that it's been put there not because they wanted a multiplayer but because it keeps the longevity of the game. They think it's going to keep the longevity of the game because they think, oh, everyone plays multiplayer. But they don't realise that there's only actually a select few of games out there that people play on a daily basis that are multiplayer. That are retained. Yeah, that have retained I mean, their audience, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know what the most egregious thing you can uh, get in one of these loot boxes is? A f- fluffy. I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a chance to guess what is the worst possible thing you could get from a loot box. Right, you, have, you could either get this. I think you can be getting the silver chest. You have to grind for it in the normal game. Like massively, but if you buy a gold loot box towards the end of the game, you're more likely to get this thing. Um, I'm I bet you won't. I bet you won't get it. I'm going to go with herpes. You're going to go with herpes. I was going to go with herpes. It's bad. It's, it is. It is bad. You wait. I, I was going to go with herpes, but I'm going to go with nothing. Okay. Just, <laughs> uh, just okay. Open it up. Is that a baseline? Absolute, that absolute disappointment. Right. No, Would you like to know is. what you can get? From Please a loot box. Inform us. If you buy a loot box, spend money to buy this thing. Actual pound dollar. Actual pound dollar. Uh, right. How much is a loot box out of curiosity? Uh, I don't. I can't remember. They, they they price them up in gold, which is how they capture. We're kind of like, oh, it's it's only three hundred gold for this for this chest and three hundred gold. It's like one hundred fifty gold might be like three pound. So like, and they always price it so instead of being able to buy. That amount, you always buy a little bit more. Yeah. So you've always so you've got, got a little bit left less. Over, so you think, so you oh, I'll just oh, get I'll just, a little bit more. I'll, I'll top that up, kind of thing. So they always do that kind of thing. I don't know. But basically, the worst thing you can get out of these loot boxes is the true ending. The true ending. The true ending. So. So you get to the end of the game. There is an ending, and then if you want, basically the epilogue of the game, the end, the end, end cutscene. Okay. The last bit that that ties up bits of the story, probably <laughs> even links onto a sequel kind of thing. You can either spend, I think somebody spent ten hours after finishing the campaign to grind to get the appropriate things and do all the all the side stuff to get this ending, okay. or you could buy a loot box and it will be given to you in a loot box. Couldn't you just watch it on YouTube? What is the fucking point? What? Arse creep in the higher ups of Warner Brothers went. Oh, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, let's put the ending in a loot box. So they they have to buy it. Or see so now your choices are: you spend ten hours grinding for the fucking thing, or you buy it in a loot box, or as you said, just watch it on YouTube, which is what people did with Arkham Knight when they found out there was a true ending for Arkham Knight. There is a true ending for Arkham Knight. Is there a true ending for? Arkham there's a true ending for. Arkham Knight. A true ending for Arkham Knight. I think. Oh my true... god. Yes, I believe so. But yeah. So I'm. It just it baffles the mind that they would do something like that. There was the whole there was the whole debacle about um, there was one of the team debacle debacle. <laughs> there was one of the uh, there was one of the team members. Really, he was quite well known developer, and uh, unfortunately, he died of cancer. 
and as a tribute, the developers put him in the game because obviously he worked on it very and he nice. was a known to Ed. And yeah, oh, very I nice. I think I've heard, I've heard about this actually, yeah. yeah. And then Warner Brothers decided to charge for it. They were stating that some, they were stating that the money would go to charity, but then it turned out that only a bit of the money would be going to charity. And because they got caught out, they decided just to give money to charity. And yeah, then, just they? to give money to charity and release the actual DLC for this character, who's he's basically like um, the stranger from Fallout series. You know, okay. like a mis- the mystery perk, the mystery stranger. Yeah. So he'll turn up. He, I think he's got like a, a, a guitar or a lute or something, and it's in the shape of an axe, and he kills everything in sight, and then he. he he wishes you a good day, and he walks on. And it's a it's a beautiful tribute to, basically, one of the higher up of the developers who's been there a long time and worked his ass off for these kind of games. And Warner Brothers tried to fucking monotonise it, mm. like it's just monetise, monotonise, monotonise. I would choose the way I says these words, <laughs> but I just think that's I, Warner Brothers. There, people people tend to forget that Warner Brothers are into games publishing. Although it's fucking everything, and, it's fucking and people also tend to forget that when you think of big name publishers being arseholes, Warner Brothers are pretty much standard, top of the fucking yeah, list. Yeah, they're like the blueprints. I want to be a publisher slash arsehole. Let's take after they're like the example yeah, of what much. to be, what to aspire to. There's only there's only one company in my mind at this moment in time that are worse than them. We'll, we'll get onto that in a bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But that, you Teaser. know, I'm just saying, Shadow of War is a damn good game, and it's just hindered by Greed. some greedy shit pay to fat cat, you know, win, not pay to win, but you know, just, just tactics like that, microtransactions in a fully priced video game, single it's, player game, it's and a single player game at that, yeah. It's yeah. just it's I don't I don't agree with it at all. I think it's ours. Have you completed it yet? I have not. No. no. It's a very completion? it's a very large game. Okay. It's huge. And what with me working what twelve hours a day, it makes it a bit difficult to have actually. Have you got any holiday booked? Yes, no I don't. And you should book some holiday. I should, holiday. I should, shouldn't I? I'll have to book it about eight months in advance. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So yeah, Shadow War. Good game. If you want it, get it. But in my opinion, don't buy any of the shit. Don't buy any of the microtransactions. Leave that. Vote with your wallet. The game, yes. Microtransactions, nah. Well, very nicely summarised. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. (laughs) So what have you been playing, Ad? Oh, now previously I talked about the the Arkham series and how I was going to move on to Arkham Knight. I did not do that. And Did I decided you lie to us and I lied to you and our viewers through my bellend because I decided to thrust it into The Witcher 3. Just the three? You didn't do the what you did with Arkham? No, no. I mean, to be fair, I only played about three hours of the first one. Very difficult games to get into. Yes, especially the first one with the, uh, yeah. the gameplay and how it's. Um, what's the word? The, the mechanics of it. It's clunky. Yeah. It's, it very, it's quite clunky. And it's it's got two. There's like two sort of stances. There's like no, there's four. Just, isn't there? There's three. Isn't there? From, there's something from, daft like that. There's like low stance and a weird one. But you just click an enemy and he runs over to him and starts smacking him. Yeah. And you just kind of sit there waiting, waiting until he dies, and then and then mm. the next one. Um, I suppose for the time it came out, which was I don't know, fucking early two thousands, maybe. No, it wasn't. It was about two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Surely it was earlier than that. Surely FM. Surely <laughs> FM, he's, he's on it. He's on it. The Witcher, he's on it. One like a bloodhound. Go, go. 
Uh, it came out 2007. You are right. I apologise. Oh, just looking at the graphics. Vindication. Not, not the best looking things, considering no. you know the Xbox 360 came out two years prior. Yeah. But yes, um, uh, the second one I didn't play at all. I heard a lot about it. I played a little but, uh, bit of the Shat second one. Hey? No, I played a little bit of the second one. Which I think it moved. I don't think it was the good old like click on an enemy. I'm sure it was actually. No, no, it went to combat then. real time. But it was yeah, by yeah. slash you with with button. It was um, it was it was double odd compared to Witcher Three, which you're going to talk about in a second. It was double odd because in that one, I'm pretty sure instead of being able to meditate wherever you had to go, like meditate whenever, um, before you went into a fight, if you wanted to keep your health up and all that kind of stuff, you had to do the whole meditate. Make potions, make various things. You can you can just go into a battle and be like, oh crap, I need to make this kind of potion. Blah, 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 potion. Whereas in this one, as soon as you got engaged in combat, That's that was it. it. You couldn't make potions if you didn't have it. You didn't have it, and it's tough shit. I kind of like that. That sounds. I'm pretty Makes sure you if think you up the difficulty of Witcher Three, then it, it kind of does. It kind that of trick that, for that you, rolls that in yeah, yeah. as you go along yeah. the difficulties. Yeah, perhaps. But uh, how are you? It's I mean, se- I, it's, I already know how you feel about Witcher 3. It's my second playthrough that I'm going through at the moment. Because yeah. my first playthrough, although I did a lot of the side quests, etc., was the main storyline that I found myself sort of going back to. And I was like, eh, do I help this person and get 2 XP? No, I think I'll try and Pass. find out exactly what's going on Yeah, in the main story. But yeah, it's my second playthrough and I decided to be a bit of a bastard in it. Yeah. Like the exact opposite of what oh, I was previously before. First, yeah. yeah. Like, I've always been... I don't know whether it's controversial, but I've always been more of a Triss fan than I have Yennefer. Ooh! Ooh, I should build a pillar fort <laughs> right between us here. But yeah, so I... Uh, I this means nothing to me. You, you, you shall see. Um, but yeah, I, I wooed her in the first game and subsequently penetrated her. And the good use of the English language. What on earth? And the I'll through this playthrough. I'm going through Yennefer. I do feel like the Yennefer um, storyline, as it were, there's a bit more to it. There's a bit more story. There's a bit more depth than yeah. there was with Triss. I felt like she was pushed back a little, and it upset me a little. Yeah, but that's okay. So yeah, I've been playing through that. I must say. A lot of my time is actually spent playing Gwent on it. I fucking I'm love pretty Gwent. Sure that is pretty, it's pretty fucking standard. Well, that for thing is, my first, it? my first playthrough, I fucking I was like, nah, fuck that shit. Card game. Card game. I want to yeah, slash some cunt. But it was this particular one. And they're collecting cards and going around like playing other people to win their fucking decent cards and it's doing the quests and everything. It's fucking so addictive. It's, it's ridiculous. It's madness. It's madness to me that they created what I would consider to be one of the greatest open world RPGs of all time. Oh, absolutely. Without and doubt. within that is also one of the greatest card games yeah. that I have yet played. Well, it's... greatest card games. I mean, they, this somebody has been working on their segues. It seems because, funnily enough, from that we have been playing Gwent recently. This was a pre-discussed segue. Oh, oh, the magic. I'm, I'm going to ruin it because you looked oh, really chuffed so I thought I'd stab you absolutely shafted it yeah. well you know that's the, that's the way the cookie crumbles so yes I mean all in all big fan of Sonic that's how you do a segue now to talk Daisy. about Batman um... <laughs> oh god we're terrible yes my nan did go there once <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton um, there we go 
terrible. Who would? Anyway, no, so um, I, one thing I just want to throw in before that: Did you mention there's some form of update coming for The Witcher Three? Yes, there is an update to allow Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro to uh, play at 4K. Ooh, four! I've seen 4K Witcher. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can still you could do it straight away on um, the PC, but on it's PC, easier to do yeah. on a PC, of course. Um, but yeah, that is one of the updates. Is because at first, uh, CD Projekt Red said, no, we're not doing it. No, we're not doing it. And then they said, yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Fine. Carry on. Carry on, chaps. Be, that's more than welcome. Yeah. I, I've seen I've seen 4K Witcher 3. And it I mean, is, to be fair, 1080p Witcher. I mean, I've got ooh, a so gorgeous. GTX 780 super clock. Whatever the fuck that is. Uh, it's like an EVGA like, clock speed. Yeah, yeah. And... With the graphics, I think a lot of things. There's certain things at ultra. There's certain things at mediums. So, but like, yeah, high, shall we say? Yeah, it still looks beautiful. I still sit there going, "This is amazing." Yeah, and I'm playing ten. I mean, I haven't even got it on PC. I had it on PS. I had it on PlayStation Four, and it looked gorgeous on PlayStation Four. Yeah. So I'm gonna be. I will be repurchasing it for PC when I upgrade my PC. I'm I'm getting. I'm getting shot of the GTX 970. Well, the 970 um, is. About the equivalent of a 780, so you'd still be able to play The Witcher now. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, can I have your graphics card, please? <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's better clock speeds, but it, they're clusters in the same ballpark. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm going to. I'm, I'm just I'm going up to the GTX 1070. That's what I'm going for. Why not 1080? Because uh, they cost an absolute cocking fortune, and for some weird reason, the jump from 1070 to 1080 is about fucking 150 quid. Is, there isn't a 1070 Ti. Did they release a 1070 Ti? I don't think so. I don't it's just think the 1080 Ti. But it? obviously because of the different brands that make the, the video cards. There's like, uh, I've got a GTX 980 Strix, which That's, is Asus. Uh, Asus. Yeah. Is it Asus? Yeah, it's Asus. Asus yeah. Strix. And um, the Asus Strix 1070 is like 450 quid. Well, you can get an EVGA one for like 360. You'll find that it'll be slightly clocked lower, free, a, a, a frequency Yeah, various ones of like, yeah, clocking um, speeds are different. And the, the cooling, because that's all it is really, it's exactly the same processor. Yeah. Exact same sort of architecture, but it's a different cooler or... Yeah, and case and basically... And the, the their own clock speed to associate it with the cooler, that's all yeah, it is. Yeah, pretty much. You pay for that. But anyway, yes. That's what I'll be doing, hopefully. And you can have my GTX on the if you Well, no, it's okay, because I'm already repping the 780 as well. There you go, mm. they've got 780s. Still so, a good card, still good, holds up. But yeah, um, moving back to Gwent. Gwent, yes. And we recently played it, didn't we? Yeah, so for those that don't know, because um, Gwent's going to be my game of the week. Um, Gwent is a card game featured in The Witcher 3, as aforementioned. Uh, it's a very... Simple card game for those who have actually played card games that aren't blackjack, poker, or solitaire or anything like that. Yeah, typical casino. Yeah, I was going to say, those people might find it a bit confusing. Add insulting to gamblers onto the list. (laughs) (laughs) For those who, um, because for those who don't know, I'm I'm quite a tabletop gamer, so it's real, real touchable, tactile things instead of just video games. Um... No. And Gwent's, Gwent's relatively simple. <laughs> it's just three best of three rounds. 
you only draw 10 cards at the start, you can swap some cards out. You get a couple of cards after round one and a single card after round two, if it's still going. Which you didn't in the Witcher 3 original game, which everything that they added on I thought were a nice touch as well. Yeah, I was going to say, because in the original game you kind of had a deck and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, you got to swap two cards at the start of the first round to start the game, and that was it. And there was cards that you could cards that you could play, like say for example you had like weather cards. Um there was like a foot like say a card with four that you could place on the opponent's board and then draw two cards, but they would have four points. Yeah. 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 Well we had this thing similar to that in the current one because um me and I'd have been playing this, we were playing it last night fully enough. Which and it should hopefully appear on YouTube at some point when I actually get round to editing it. Fingers crossed. Yes, yes, it was an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, you've got a board, it's got three rows on it uh, f- as your player board, and there's like a melee row, ranged row, and an artillery row. Some cards are limited to which row they can be played on. Um, and each card that's a unit has a power value, and it's pretty much highest power wins. But you clear the board after each round, and like we said, you're only drawing two cards after the first round one card after the second so you've got a very limited hand so it's sort of a hand management but also then each of the cards has effects that you can damage your opponent mm. there's cards uh, such as agents that you play on your opponent's side which will give them a higher power but you'll get some effect out of it like I'd say you can draw cards maybe yeah. um, the special cards are like the special cards like if anybody's ever played magic cards. they're like your instance almost yeah. or well probably more like a sorcery um, which will give certain effects. So it might be bringing weather in, and then weather affects a row and causes damage to units, for example. So it's got quite a lot of depth. Um, it wasn't bad to learn at all. I'd, I had a rough idea of what it was, but I went through the tutorials and sort of felt pretty set up and okay to play it. Like I said, granted, I got a prior experience with card games, so it wasn't anything too mental. Yeah, Definitely I mean, no Netrunner or... Um, of course. But, I mean, what you're saying is the premise, the sim- it's a simple game. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, really it's, it's, it's a classic simple to learn, difficult to master. Yeah, I think that's why it's so addictive. I mean, it's, got, it's similar. Me, it's, anyway. it's obviously a, a sort of challenger to Hearthstone. Whether it would ever dethrone Hearthstone, I'd be very surprised because Hearthstone's just so big. I don't, I don't, yeah, no. I mean, I think it's a phenomenal card game. Well, it's, it's th- really quite fun, but I don't think it's going it's to dethrone Blizzard's fucking no, no, I mean, juggernaut. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, Blizzard, big company, have been around for longer CD than Project CD really CD got Project a lot living. of good faith, man. They've oh, been yeah, doing a lot of good definitely. stuff. But I mean, Gwent's still in beta. So, yeah, yeah, it's still better. But it works the same that you can pay real money to buy packs or card cakes, yeah. as they're called. So, you know, for uh, the people, um, I like many geeks had a flirtation with Magic the Gathering a couple of years ago now. Um, and that sort of opening boosters, that sort of addiction is definitely something that's hard to shake off. Yeah. I haven't paid any real world cash yet, though. I probably won't because. With Magic, I got to the point when I realised I was paying a lot of money buying single cards that are effectively just bits of card or paper. Yeah, um, well, And with this, you're not even getting anything physical. It's, you're paying no. for digital... It is digital cards, things. yes. I don't know well, whether... No, there, is, there, is, there is 
They are making a physical edition of Gwent. There is, yeah, there is cards out there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like edition. that's going to be my Pokemon card of my 30s. I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to also purchase. Well, I actually had a look around for this a couple of weeks ago before we even mentioned Gwent or Witcher. Anything like that? I um, I was curious just to see whether a there was an Android app or anything like that, which there isn't yet. Unfortunately, you never know. Um, Hopefully, with time. I don't think there's anything officially stated or whatever, whether it's a yay or a nay. Hopefully, yeah. Um, And also, uh, I think it was limited edition versions of Wild Witcher Three. Is it Witcher Three Wild Hunt? Wild Hunt, yeah. Is that the actual name of the game or not an expansion or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You got an actual physical Gwent decks. Yeah. Which would be really cool. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have the money at the time to afford that, otherwise I would have bought it and bought the base game. Yeah, I got a bit confused, because it looked Same. like one came with like two decks, I think it was Northern Realms and like Nilfgaard or Monsters or something. Yeah, yeah. You can actually get a full set of six I'm going to have to track those decks, down. Five or six decks, and maybe it's just the five. Probably maybe. just the five. I'd imagine you can't find them down the old loft license, like next to the fucking. <laughs> oh, God, no, it's not going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to yeah. find them next to Merlin's football stickers. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to know, actually, uh, to look a bit more into it, because, of course, um, to compare it to real world things, you've got your things like Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, known as collectible card games or, or trading card games, where. You buy your random booster packs and you have no idea what's coming in. Yeah, in those. Could be, yeah, could be anything. There's a, a an, an allocation of you get like one rare, three uncommons, and then ten commons or something like that. Um, but a more a relatively more recent trend in the card game world is known as LCGs or living card games. Yeah. And the way they work, and it'd be nice if they could do something like this with Gwent. Although I think it was probably a one-off. Um, a living card game, you effectively get your core set which might have two to four starter decks in there or whatever. Um, but then you don't buy individual booster packs. Um, Fantasy Flight are a great example of this with the likes of Netrunner, their Game of Thrones card game, which is in the second edition. Yeah. Um, but you buy, when you buy a pack, you get all the copies you could ever play of a set number of cards. So say it's a six, it gives you 60 new cards and a play set in the game is three. Which Witcher, it varies depending upon the rarity, I think, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think yeah. bronze you can have up to three, silver you can only have one, and gold you can only have one or something like that. But effectively, say you'd bought an LCG version, you'd get three of every bronze card in that set. So right. you don't have to worry about randomness, you just pay 15 quid every month or whatever, and, and you can keep up to date with it quite right. nicely. Yes, I think, I, I think I've heard about that with the Netrunner series. Yeah, right? yeah, I've got an awful <laughs> lot of Netrunner. Yeah, I can um, imagine. <clears throat> and Game of Thrones, actually. Well, which, you never know. Um, what I would like, um, regardless of what the other things, uh, the other guys think, is our YouTube channel, we're going to have, like I say, Let's Play of Gwent. I'd like to probably try and get some tabletop stuff on there somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'd, we'd have we'd... to figure out some form of setup. Nice lighting instead of this sort of uh, blinding ambiance. We've got going on it, it, yes. The natural it's lighting for the room today is a lamp without the shade. It was, yes. uh, <laughs> Shade's too yellow. No, that's a professional lamp that I purchased just for this. I can oh, tell yeah, it's yeah. a professional lamp. It's on the, the shade's down there. You know what I'm going to treat you to? Uh, treat you for your next birthday. I'm going to buy you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to buy you a daylight bulb. Oh, thank you. Oh, there you go. There you go. Treat I'll tell you what, I still yet to purchase your birthday presents. <laughs> um, I'll buy you a daylight bulb to give to me. Or bring it with you and I'll, you just screw it off. And, and you can both buy me a daylight bulb, as I said. Nobody even knows when your birthday is. No, that's Maybe true. Maybe again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. But anyway, ASL. I'll tell you what, CD Project Red, if you release shinies, you'll have me buy the balls. I know that much. 
Well, well, that's the thing. Oh. It's not about foil cards no, anymore. No, it's all about the foil so cards. Much. I'm um, still five inside. So, for example, in a lot of like the LCG kind of world, it's all about alternate art cards for playing in uh, regional championships, yeah, as, store as championships, as nationals. Alternate art, so you get like full art cards or something like that, which are, which is actually, you know what, Gwent does that. Mm. Because Gwen, you get um, meteor dust or something, which I think you can get from breaking. Down. If you've got too many cards of the same card, right. you can break them down like you can in Hearthstone. You can use that scrap to then build, effectively build cards that you don't already own. Maybe if you've got enough scrap, but you also can get some meteor dust. And if you get enough meteor dust, you can jazz up your cards. And it goes from just having an image, um, and it looks like every single card is actually animated. So you go from a 2D image Ooh, to the go. same art, but 3D alive. So it might be like it's raining in the background and the, there's a monster on it that's moving around or there's a guard who's standing there and he's sort of breathing or something and his spear's moving or he's stabbing somebody. Right. Which yeah. is nice. That's it, nice. It, it's effectively like um, in your real world having a full foil deck or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you could prop it up, pimp it out. I'll tell you what I like about Gwent. Right. Is the fact that I could understand it straight off. Yeah. Because, to this day, I still haven't figured out how you play Caravan from Fallout New Vegas. Never never figured that game out. Never the card game of Fallout. Never, no. never, I never... No. There's that one mission at the very start of the game where you've got to protect the town, and there's that the dude that the, the gang are trying to kill when you find him in the back room, and he's like playing Caravan, and you can actually play him caravan oh, and it forces him to go outside it's one of the options of making him go outside to help protect the town because they're protecting him oh uh, right okay and I went I'll play you some caravan it's a card game but how hard could this be I haven't got a single clue I didn't know what was going on the cards just flying out of decks landing on the ground and I was just walking round head spinning I, I cried that night I saved I left <laughs> started a new game in the morning that was when the doctor's head started spinning because the graphics had bugged out. There is a five, <laughs> full five-deck Gwent set on Etsy for £87. Oh, so I'm assuming this isn't the official one, then, if I'm, it's on Etsy. I would have thought so, yeah, but, I mean, the quality. I mean, just look at them. Come. They are... No, they're, they're cut. For our visual listeners... Just, um, well, our visual listeners. Visual <laughs> audio <laughs> listeners. For the this pictures, is, this, this is, is a picture it's, of Gwent cards. From here, it looks Gwent very cards. nice. They look. Are they like tarot-sized cards? Yeah, they're quite they're long. Quite, quite long, don't they? Uh, um, yeah, quite big, which would be quite nice. You can also get all sorts on here. There's like boxes to keep them in. There's play mats. Oh, okay. Um, I wonder then when I when I was having a quick it. look. I like you yeah. said, I didn't have an in-depth look. But no. I reckon. I wonder whether the sorry the initial limited edition only came with two decks, and it's actually other people have made the rest of the decks. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the good thing with Gwent is it's something that does translate into a physical card game. Oh, okay, yeah. Hearthstone, you couldn't do it because no. of the random effects and the way it does things. There's no chance you, without well, you actually be... like changing Hearthstone and not being able to have some of those um, very well-known cards. Um, you just couldn't do it in a physical version. Yeah. Whereas mm. Gwent, I think all you, all you need for a uh, a proper physical version of Gwent, if you wanted to do it properly, would be a board with the the lines to make sure that you know. Yeah, that's all you need. To oh, keep, well, you don't keep even know that. Because uh, no, you, you could just have three rows in front of you, couldn't you? That's yeah. it, really. But I'd, I'd, I'd like the board as a visual kind of thing. Yeah, like oh, an yeah. actual, like a nice board nice to put your cards down. I'd like thing. a little counter because 
numbers hurt me. I was going to say, yeah. Well, again, that's very simple, though, because you just have one of those things. You know, like, um, if you ever played pool or, well, I don't know, snooker, sorry, in, and you had, like, the double track yeah, thing, yeah, so yeah. you track your tens on one, and then you track your, your naught, or your naught to 20, and then you track your 20, 40, Fuck 60 it. on another one. Go old school, get yourself an abacus. It's effectively what that is, though, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, tally it all up. What you got? 18 beads. <laughs> but overall, like, I... I Thoroughly enjoyed our playthrough of went last night. Yeah. It was only a bit of a practice. Um, I'm not going to spoil who won most of the games. Um, I'm going to take a big hard guess. <laughs> but we'll. I think the, 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 what we want to plan and do is probably well, the three of us will try and get up to scratch on it. If we can drag anybody else in, then we'll win yeah. a little round robin tournament well, no, or if, something. If a, few proper, a proper good tournament. People yeah. would be interested. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we can set something up and get like a, a mini series going on the channel. And I have a completely free conservatory. It's completely with a table. Oh, no, no, I'm talking on the video game version. No, no, I'm buying the practical version. We can all get into your conservatory and bring our computers and play it online. Actual nerds. Oh, good old LAN parties. Yeah, LAN parties, man. Plug everyone in. I mean, if you want to buy the physical version, I'm more than happy to play it. I'll buy buy the physical version. I I, I have no attachment to uh, money whatsoever. Physical version, I'd assume it's based upon the Witcher 3 rules of Gwent and not the online version of Gwent. Well, I'd imagine so because you can't sort of deduct the points from the other person's cards without counting. Oh, oh, yeah, but you can do it with counting magic, did it fine. Use little beads. There's plus plus ones and minus one, minus ones and stuff like that. Yes. So, and again, the same way you track weather, I suppose, you'd have to go, go. you'd have a little marker or something you yeah. can put next to the road to say this road's got fog and it'd tell you the effect, or a card that says, see, I'm already getting carried away from a game design point of view and thinking exactly how to solve all these problems. Well, this is it. But well, I've probably spoken far too long. We've had a good chat about Gwent. Yeah. We, we had a good rant about Shadow of War, and Adam spoke very, 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 very little about The Witcher 3. Yeah, However, sorry. Yeah, that was me. I interrupted. We interrupted with the great, but that's fine. Everyone everyone knows The Witcher 3 is still Game of the Year every year, so it doesn't matter. Yes. It doesn't matter what comes out. Witcher 3 wins. It doesn't matter. This this is a question, actually. Um, I wasn't planning to ask it in the podcast. I was going to ask it separately, but I'll I'll ask it here. Oh, come on. I was thinking, assuming that we're still alive by the end of the year... Oh, God, this got dark fucking quick. um, (laughs) Both physically and podcast-wise... Uh, whether it's worth us trying to do a, I would say like a top five games of the year, right? Yes. And each come up with a list. I don't know if I've played five brand new games this, from this year. <laughs> to be honest, I mean um, I've definitely played at least five games this year. Because for me, it'll probably just end up being Rocket League, Rocket League, Rocket League, Gwent, Rocket League. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Standard. However, with PUBG dropping it. on consoles, maybe that'll creep in. But I'm just thinking that might be a worthwhile future episode. Now I think back to it, I have played a fair few new games, even if those some of those games are like early I think, access. I think at end end of each year, anyway. Assuming again, it does go on that long. We should have a retrospective. What has the year taught us? Kind of thing. Yeah, whilst have, getting very drunk, we could do a nice award show. Can we? Could even dress up for it. Just just for for you, our YouTube viewers. At least you could see us. We could dress up in suits. I would up. say tuxedos, but I'm not renting a tuxedo. I just fuck am I just, just for you, bastards on YouTube. I was going to say not for the twelve people. <laughs> I'll be sitting cognac. That's what I'll be sitting. And I, I ain't getting cognac on a tuxedo. What are you doing, chap? Which one is fucking it? Cognac. Yeah, fucking cognac. Fucking having cognac, chap. Somebody's either getting very old or very posh. And they can't really... Or, or I think I'm aged about 30 years doing the current job I'm doing. 
<laughs> so, moving forth rather hastily. God, are you going to keep saying that for every single section? That's his thing. So, moving forth rather hastily. Um, we're going to move Why forth to a project that is forth. And thick gravy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. I, I suppose it's news next, isn't it? Well, news, yeah. news, got, news, news. That's news, another news. thing we're going to try and do, is stay a bit more structured. And I think so far we have actually been... We, we, yeah, I think we've, we've stayed pretty well on track. We haven't uh, we haven't diverged so, that much. No, no, no. So we're going to go. Did you have the tea today, Ad? I had oh, no. mashed potatoes and thick gravy. Chili con carne. Chili con what? You had mashing chili con carne. Mate, don't knock it till you tried it. I don't want to try it's it. like for me, it's like lasagna sandwiches. Oh, it sounds bad, but no, sounds have great. you ever tried it? For sake. Great. Why would you lasagna just with garlic with bread? You people and Even putting better. bread on everything. So, it's alright, I have noodle sandwiches, all that shit. I don't talk to him about noodles. You dick it. So, anyway. Yes, what, what should we talk about next? I think maybe moving on to. Um, I don't know whether anyone's a Stranger Things fan. I only ever managed to watch one episode. Oh. I have seen zero episodes. You've seen zero episodes. All so, I know is it's oh, very right. 80s and it's... It is very 80s. It's by really, really good, yeah. but I haven't had the time to watch it properly. It's oh, crippling me. Trailer for season numbrero two has come out. And I was planning to ask your thoughts, but you can all go fuck yourselves now. More importantly, uh, Mr. Robot season three started and I didn't even realise two episodes were already out. <laughs> Um, I have no idea. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> uh. No, it's your turn to name a program that we haven't watched, and then that will be that segment done. More importantly, they're making a version of the Mob Squad One Thousand. Hello, what's that? <laughs> I thought you were answering your phone. Then oh, no. <laughs> he said hello. Wait, season two of One Punch Man out soon as well. Have you seen the new episode of British Housewives Seven? Uh, uh, is the is it episodes now? Because they used to be full feature lengths. There were full feature length, including five, five um, interracial <laughs> scenes. <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a John. Uh, dirty bastard. You no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, anyway, I'll yeah, I would I would recommend watching the first season of Stranger Things. Um, me as a Stranger Things watcher seeing the second um, season trailer I don't know did you cream I, no I didn't I was expecting to cream how could you not cream it's got David Harbour in it but I don't know yep David Harbour that well known musician from New Orleans no what? I don't know who's David Harbour <laughs> he's an actor okay. and he's now he's also what <laughs> everybody is now googling David Harbour furiously Oh, he's also now Hellboy. Oh, oh. he's the guy that's playing the new Hellboy. Yeah, he's got that round head, hasn't he? Has he actually done anything else? David Harbour, yeah, he's been tons of things. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Brokeback Mountain. That's one of your kind of films, isn't it? It is, yes. It is. I like David Harbour. Anything with Bear Grylls in it. I liked him in Stranger Things because he. I don't know, something about having a really sort of shit life, waking up in the morning and having a cigarette on the balcony and. Moving your way to work really slowly and not giving a shit. There was something about that I want to aspire to. I literally don't aspire think I've to. Seen I'm living the dream <laughs> with him in. Just don't smoke. 
So, yeah, I mean, trying to conjure a conversation about Stranger Things with well, two people that haven't really I seen I would highly it. recommend the first Probably. season and a half of Mr. Robot, to be honest. It's about a hacker. And, and highly pretty much anonymous. I would highly recommend people go out and watch One Punch Man. It's the greatest anime of all time. Um, it's got Rami Malek in. I'm, I'm just ignoring Mark. It's got Ram, Rami Malek in. Uh, Christian Slater is Mr. Robot. Christian Slater. Two-tone bastard. Isn't it? Um, but Rami Malek is oh, I'm probably butchering Ooh. his name and I know who Rami Malek is because he was in um, he was in that video game was that video game? Uh, the what's we call it the one you press the, the horror game yeah uh, uh, the one that wasn't made by David Cage and showed him up for being the hack that he is shit game designer um, I can't remember what it was called now. Well, anyway, it was a good one. It was a really um, good game. To be fair. He's he's playing Freddie Mercury in a Freddie Mercury Queen biopic. Yeah, and oh, like there was some leaked footage. Until dawn. Sorry. Until dawn. Sorry, mate. Um, last week I think it was. Oh, what what day? Which Tuesday? Um, I'm giving away the oh, day of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the date is 24th of October. It is 10 p.m. Don't date it. If you date it, we already that one out. So this is how you do it. To annoy Ad, what you have to do is slip that in the middle of a 24th of October kind of sentence so that you can't edit 10 10 p.m. out really easily. Okay. Um, uh, But yeah, he's playing Freddie Mercury (laughs) and there's some leaked footage uh, last week of somebody at a distance filming them filming the famous Live Aid concert. And somebody had put it literally like next to the Live Aid concert, like frame for frame. And oh my God... I stopped watching the video at one point thinking I'd found the wrong one because I thought it was two different shots of the Live Aid concert. Christ. He, he, he looks like he's going to pull off the bar. But Mr. Robot's very good. Bat yeah. Hacker and Christian Slater's in it and it's effectively like anonymous and there's some... Well, he's not really a hacker. He's this cyber security so guy. So like the first good thing Christian Slater's done since True Ma- Romance in like 1993. It, yeah, it was an excellent film, True Romance. Um... Because yeah. the only the only half decent thing he did after that was that action film with John Travolta. Face off. No. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you, sir? Oh mate, face um, off is fucking. No, it was like fucking Arrow something. True. Oh, Arrow Christian Slater was in the Name of the Rose, that classic Sean Connery film. Oh, Absolutely, yes. that's a great film. Yes, the Name of the Rose. Since I was in interview with the vampire, he's like, yeah, he's, oh, Broken Arrow. That's Broken the one Arrow. That that's the one I'm on about. Bro- no, Broken Arrow. John Travolta plays a camp bagger. Um, otherwise, everybody's yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. So I'd also recommend Mr. Robot's Mr. third Robot. season started. Excellent. We're not even talking man. about films anymore. We've moved on to TV programs. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yes. Um, I suppose moving forward. Oh, not again. oh, you changed it though. You see what he did? Oh no, yeah, but it's so bloody similar. We really <laughs> need to send you to Segway School. And no, again, I'm going to refer to not the floaty two wheel things. Is it the floaty two wheel? No. Moving What's next forward. on the news list? Like between you two, the bottle's going to get chucked in a minute. <laughs> mine is nearly empty. I'll still throw mine. It's fucking full. <sighs> what is next? What is next on the list? Um, before we get started, Mass first? Effect. Now, I know. I know. Mark has been. Um, he was definitely a Mass Effect player of sort. I have played. This is going to be a rarity for this 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 show. I have played and completed the first three. Have you really? Yes. You've done more than me. I've You've actually completed more than I have. I think I've played Mass Effect 2 twice as well. It's I've one of the few games I've played, played two, yeah. Would you agree by saying the second one was the best one? 
Yes. Probably, yeah. First one was, I suppose, innovative for its time because it was very cinematic. Yes. There wasn't much action. Try and play a clunky game. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. wonky as balls. Yeah. At the time, it was a bit clunky, but two upped the action a bit, but still kept a nice cinematic feel. Yeah. Three then just kept like upping the action ratio and sort of wasn't quite as good. Tell I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. I still enjoyed it. Now, being... I know you've just said that you haven't played it, but have you ever been interested in playing in playing Andromeda? No, because I think Mass Effect Three, the ending of that was so disappointing. Because I think they have since patched the ending, haven't they? Have they changed uh, it? Yeah, there's like there's a little thing tacked on, or okay. like there's a different little ending. It doesn't so, really, it, it doesn't really make uh, it any better. It's not a proper ending. Well, when I played it, it was I probably completed it in the first couple of weeks of it coming out. Blue, like, green, or red? Yeah, yeah, effectively. And it was that disappointing. I was like, ah. I think, I think Which third one, did it. you choose? It would take a long time. It would take a lot for him to bring me back to that franchise. Well, yeah, Andromeda I mean, will not do it for you. Yeah, I would not recommend I playing it. I mean, I <coughs> don't think there will be another Mass Effect for a number of years now, because no. Andromeda performed not very well. And I mean, did I, not I, get very good reviews. The hype for me... Being a massive, Mass Effect fan was there. I was like, I can't wait for this to come out. I can't wait for this to come out. And when it finally did come out, it was just basically Mass Effect Three in terms of the graphics and the gameplay. Oh, there was no real sort of step forward, noticeable step Are you forward. Joking? They had jump backs. Well, there was jump backs. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> graphically, that was it. That was it. <laughs> um, it had... But the real, the real reason why we're bringing it up. Is because it's recently been added to Origin Access. I don't know whether anyone's now, when, had. when did it actually come out? Because that seems a very short... Um, that's exactly why I decided that we should talk about this, because it came out in March 2017. Yeah. So oh, God. this year. Okay. Which, to me, just symbolises exactly yeah. how underperform it did. I mean, you can get it on CD it keys yeah. for 16 quid. Yeah. Bloody it hell. didn't... It's mental. People stopped playing it, like... It went straight off the deep end. Basically, that was very interesting because, like, Battlefield One was out way before that. Yeah, and that's on. That's on. That's in the vault now. Though, oh, is it? that in vault? I was. Oh, I okay, forget what I was about to say. Is it? I believe so. Um, Do I know? I'm trying to think of power games. And Battlefield Four is definitely in there with all the DLC. Because of course, like their Fifas and stuff, they'll put those in the vault after the new ones came out, which right. you can understand because it's a year yeah. by year thing. Maybe Battlefield One isn't in the vault then. Yeah, I didn't think Battlefield One was in the vault yet. Well, they've it's got they've got there's a fair few like brand new get like um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst was put in the vault. Oh, okay, only about a few months after release. That's probably it because that nobody played it. Yeah, that tanked like hell. I mean, I remember them saying it was going to come out. I didn't realise it had been out. To be honest, I only got about halfway through the first Mirror's Edge and then started getting attacked by ninjas and went, "This isn't the game I signed up for." And goodbye. I completed the first one. It was alright. I found it frustrating a lot of the time. It's I enjoyed person. it until you got attacked. And then I was like, no, I was enjoying the free running. I don't I don't want to bring this in, into some yeah, crazy weird combat yeah. thing where these super ninjas are coming after me mm. and attacking me. Well, the second one doesn't fix that. There's still mm. combat. Uh, I mean, I don't mind like kicking and punching a security guard every now and then and stuff and dodging bullets and that. But there's no guns in the second one. You're not allowed to pick up a gun. Uh, okay. Uh, so it's all kicking and jumping. But it's also like... It's open world, but not open world, because obviously with the free running aspect, you can't have it open world, because yeah. it needs to be set paths you go up, so it's like a hub. It's like there's a middle bit, and then it branches out into various paths to get to various areas that you have to get to, that, that kind of thing. Eh. 
I, did, I don't know. I wanted to play it, but then it, it, it couldn't be asked at the time. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the the whole sort of moving Mass Effect Andromeda onto the Origin Axis sort of highlights how bad EA has got at making and publishing games. Fucking... Oh, ah, well, depends, because I don't think it's all of EA. It does depend. I know, because, I mean... Oh, we, we've got our own, we've got our very own little devil's advocate here. Has Battlefield <laughs> 1, I still think, is a fantastic game. It is a I phenomenal game. I absolutely love Battlefield 1. It's an EA... Yeah, but Dice are a massive developer who were free range, free range like chickens before they were scooped up by EA. But they they've still but they've retained good games. No, not, not the the question is here for me. The whole thing around this isn't that the games aren't good. It's the fact that EA likes to shove its fist so far up a developer's arse it can pull money through its fucking teeth, and that's what they've been doing to every fucking developer that's ever been. Under their umbrella. I mean, I suppose that they've had many developers. Under uh, their umbrella, well, there's a lot they? that's actually gone gone Allow down. Allow me. The, right, so the first this, one that. This, um, sorry. I was going to say this links into the EA talk about visual. Well, you've yeah. just gone and ruined what we were setting up as an absolutely wonderful segue. I'd finally managed to put Ad through his first class, and yeah, he was well, following. He was he following got... my psychic links and everything. He was going to talk about different studios that EA have nailed in their time, leading us up to visceral games for you then to go into Mark gets angry mode and rage at the bloody... So my... Moving forward into the next topic... Oh, Mark. my God, this is... <laughs> I Lick can't call sweat. episode two a train wreck as well. We've already called episode one a train <laughs> wreck. Well, we could, we could train use wreck. a different vehicle yeah. that's it's been in an accident. A plane crash, because that's probably two. more deathly than a train wreck. Yes. Anyway, you two-toned tit. <laughs> I mean... <it's> like... <laughs> we're I like babies. We're all about EA closing down Visual Studios. Visual Studios. Yes. Um... More commonly, for me, known to be the developers that created the Dead Space. Series. So the one of the best new IPs to come out on the Xbox 360. Oh, I, uh, I, I was in love. One of the, the best horror games, in, in my opinion, to come out. Don't forget, they also did Battlefield Hardline. Not their, not their fault. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm saying that because I know a lot of people didn't like Hardline. I didn't mind Hardline. <laughs> that's definitely but I'm just in saying, EA access at least anyway. Yeah, that's definitely in EA access. Because I have EA access, but not Origins access. Well, yes, EA did what EA does, and that is they bought a company, they made them make a few well, games, they kept changing and changing mm, to get it all stretched They didn't buy a company, shit. did they? Because it was actually originally EA Redwood Studios. Redwood Shores, sorry. It doesn't matter what it was. So they were originally in the A studio. They still shafted them. The poor fucking... I feel sorry for any developer that is still under the umbrella of EA because they will eventually, at some point, be shafted because this is what EA does. EA dries them up. It sucks all of the creativity, all the love for development, all of the things that make a video game unique to an audience. They sap all that out and create a fucking gentrified grey sludge for the masses. And that's what they do with everything. And it's what they did with Dead Space. How do you do that with Dead Space? No. They did. They made a fantastic single-player horror game for Dead Space 1. Then they made a fantastic action horror game for Dead Space 2. And then the third one is just an action game with a cover system. It has microtransactions 
because they changed the weapon system. We're back onto microtransactions. We're back onto microtransactions because the EA loved them. <laughs> they shove them into everything. But they they did they added the microtransaction system to the weapon system in Dead Space 3. So instead of having weapons that you would find and pick up, like the, the Ripper, which fired saw blades, yeah. or the line cutter, which was the shotgun version of the plasma cutter, which was your pistol, mm-hmm. or anything like that in the flamethrower, you found parts to bolt together and create your own version of a weapon, Ooh. which it's a very good idea. However, if you want the good stuff, you either had to grind for it or get later on in the game, or you could buy it. Like Just outright purchased the best stuff from the beginning to make your gun out of. And people brought lists out within weeks of the game being out there, and this and this of the best two things that you can have as a gun, You'll, you will wipe the floor with literally everything in the game. And it just turned into a splatfest then. It wasn't a horror game. Any any semblance of horror went out the window when they also introduced fucking co-op into it. No horror game is scary in co-op. It doesn't work like that. Now, moving... to... Moving forth. <laughs> you're, you're not happy about that. <laughs> Moving to the companies, or the companies that have been taken over or purchased by EA. You remember Maxis? I think they're still going at the moment. The ones nope, that they're, made they're gone. Sims. They're gone. Yeah. EA got rid of them after Sims 4. Oh. oh. Was yeah. it Sims 4? Or was it Sims oh, no, Ma- Maxis was shut down in 2004. They were, they were purchased by 15. EA when they were... They yeah, were they were 1997, created The Sims in 2000, shut down in 2004. Then again, are we all, we're all probably looking at different sites for this. Yeah, I'm research. Look, uh, I'll, I'll name drop. Uh, some, I've got Kotaku. Oh, I'm on Forbes, which yeah. is like some... Shut down in 2015. Yeah, okay. Saying the Maxis brand will live on. So basically, they're, they're, they're a shell company. At this point, then, so the people that were behind Maxis initially that created The Sims originally, and well, have just been dispersed know, within just, the uh, the EA studios. Yeah. That's the plan with um, Visceral. Now, most of them, was, most of those have actually lost their jobs. Ah, okay, that goes. Yeah, because I did read Which, an EA press release that was like, yeah, we'll try and fit people in. No, they, they they won't though. They just won't. This is just not how these companies kind That's of work. That's US. Employment law for you. <laughs> that they will they will disperse to other companies. They will find jobs because they're all talented developers. The guys of Visual, they made some fantastic games. Mm. Um, I hope I hope to God that they all find either they either make their own indie studios and start creating some really good indie games, or you know they find work at other studios in far better publishers, and you know or developers, whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a there's the list the list which is currently referred to as the EA graveyard. Oh, very nice. Because this is this is what this is exactly what EA does. Uh, so, have you ever heard of uh, Bullfrog? Oh yeah, yes. we all know Bullfrog. Everyone knows Bullfrog. Yeah, yeah Pete you. Yep, purchased in 1995, shut down in 2001. Oh, good old Dungeon Keeper. That was a great uh, game. Westwood. Yes, Westwood, um, of course, Command, Command, Conquer. Command Conquer. Conquer series. Yeah, shut down in two thousand and three. Then the company that sprouted off from that was forced to make the Christ awful Command and Conquer four, which uh, was the squad version. It's mm. not real time strategy, so you uh, had okay, to use, yeah. yeah. That was after Generals. Yeah, yeah well uh, after Generals was a after great, after yeah. Command and Conquer three Generals and Command and Conquer three Kane's Wrath, and then they made Command and Conquer four, which was. Bad. Um, 
Next one, DreamWorks Interactive slash Danger Close slash EA Los Angeles. Do we know what they made? Uh, oh, no. of course, DreamWorks. We, we spoke about this hmm? last episode. Yeah. Medal, Medal of Honor. Honor. They made the Medal, Medal of Honor, Honor games. Honor. Yeah. They, they shut those down. However, with Medal of Honor, the re self-titled relaunch kind of thing, they did get folded into DICE. Yeah, and then they got folded again out the back door. <laughs> like right that. Uh what else we got here? I mean like black box games they made the need for speed and skate series. They Oh skate. Like good skate. games. We good games needed and... a new skate on yeah. the Xbox One. Not gonna get one, they shut those down. Never gonna get Pandemic. One. I think Pandemic were a very underrated studio. They created uh, Mercenaries one and two. Mm. They created the yeah. Saboteur. They've created other various little oh, games. Like they, that. however, did create the original Star Wars Battlefront to Battlefront 2. Star Wars Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2, being yeah, yeah. an absolutely amazing game. I've currently got that. I've been playing that, actually. It's a very good game, yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a there's a vast list of developers that well, EA I think for me, taken under. Um, Bioware. They're next. Known for Baldur's Gate and everything like that. Um, the Mass Effect series their also. original co-founders have left yeah with Mass Effect and whatever with, so with one developer I think a lot of those uh, the original guys because of course Bioware were like I mean Mass Effect showed it they were RPG legends Baldur's yeah. Gate the original series was and one Oswin of those Dale, classics now, Icewind now. Dale Neverwinter Nights yeah. look at Star next... Wars Nights of the Old Republic it was just non-stop yeah. from Bioware now like, look at their next game Bioware's next game Although looking brilliant, is Anthem. And Anthem appears to be over a two to four player co op action game with upgradable elements to your characters. But that doesn't strike me as the RPG loving Bioware mm. that people are used to. Like, I'd already uh, had pulled it up on his screen, um, the ex uh, Bioware developer. That, uh, came out and broke his basically n- no talking clause on NDA, his contract non-disclosure yeah. yeah. and basically said that EA don't give a Christ don't care what players want they don't care about give a Christ they don't, give a Christ. One. they don't care they, they don't care what players want they care about making money and which is which is true for all companies that you, when you're into that kind of game you know, the business all companies on the planet are in, are in it to make money but the difference is they don't care if it's harming the actual gaming, you know, economy or like the sphere of gaming itself. They don't give a shit. They don't care as long as they're making money. Doesn't matter. Which is why um, they spent so long in Mass Effect Three making a multiplayer aspect to it with card packs. He mentions in the interview that he, he actually they work when you get them right with the microtransactions, the card packs, and things like that you can buy for your characters. One person. Literally spent fifteen thousand dollars on Mass Effect Three multiplayer card packs. It says here that um, he can't, he couldn't discuss the numbers or anything. But he says uh, those card, pack, card packs were selling out, and the amount of money they made just off the card packs was so significant. That's the reason Dragon Age has multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, Mental. EA saw EA made them put a multiplayer element to Mass Effect Three. Yeah, Bioware did such a God damn good job at implementing the multiplayer and the, the 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 microtransactions within that. That EA then went, wow, we need that in literally every game. 
Look, and that is what they've been doing. They put that in everything. Mm. That is that is their model now. They only want they they only want to make open world games now. They've been quoted as saying that because they're easier to monetize than single player games because they get shit for monetizing single player games like mm. Warner Brothers has been getting for Shadow of War. Yeah. So they only want to make open world multiplayer easily monetizable. Monetizable? I'm making up words as we go. Well, we like them. But that's that's their plan. Their yeah. plan is that, and it's it's it's. There's no creativity to me. There's no, no, there's nothing different for any of them. There's no creativity for any. Of them. The developers aren't allowed to actually make a game that they want to make. That's the problem with EA. They set down like rules. All right, you want to make this game set in this world with these characters. You can do that. You go right ahead. But it's got to be open world. It's got to have multiplayer. It's got to have this. It's got to have that. It's got to have all of it. It's got to have microtransactions. It's got to have DLC. It's got to have a collector's edition. It's got to have a base game, a silver edition and a gold edition like Shadow of War, which comes with content cut out of the base game. So in Shadow of War, if you buy the base game, you don't get two tribes. Two tribes of orcs are locked off from you because you didn't buy the silver or gold edition Mm. of the game. So I think... To summarise on that, I think it's a collective fuck you to EA. Yeah, no, EA can. Yeah, I, I'm just. I just get upset when good developers are basically thrown to the wolves by industries, by by large publishers. You know, um, Activision have done it with things like NeverSoft, guys that made the Tony Hawk series, made really good map packs for like the, uh, the old Call of Duties. Um, they're shafting Raven Software, one of my favourite developers, the guys that made. Soldier, um, of, Soldier Fortune, of Fortune, yeah, and Soldier of Fortune too, and they also made uh, Singularity, which yeah. was a fantastic game, even though it borrowed quite heavily from Bioshock. And that all they do nowadays is make uh, maps for all the Call of Duty games. They're they're part of development teams for all of the main development teams for Call of Duty. That's all they do. The Raven Software are not allowed to make any more of their own standalone games because Activision are like, no, you don't make money. End of. Call of Duty makes the cash. Without fear of turning this into um, a sort of more of a discussion topic, question: Do you think that with what is now becoming a very heavy shift to more independent titles being available on things like the Xbox One and mm. PS4, especially with sort of the Microsoft Store? and Windows 10 integration of Xbox One, so literally you're seeing things like Goat Simulator appear on Xbox One, Pogba, that I've mentioned numerous times now that I'm quite looking forward to. Yeah. Two Which years really ago... Which anyone who doesn't know is unknowns Battlegrounds. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, then you don't deserve to know. Um, <laughs> oh! A couple of years ago, you would never have got that kind of thing. If something did extremely well on the independent side, you might get a re package kind of thing yeah. these days literally everything's coming out you can get the escapists too and I think the first escapist which granted is team 17 but you know yeah. these sort of games these little yeah. games prison architect I don't know why I'm just thinking of prison related games um, but all of these little independent games that have actually done quite well Kerbal Space Program sorry they're just coming to me and I'm just firing out <laughs> Hellblade it's a lot, newest sacrifice it's a lot easier to get these things now on consoles yep do you think that might start to cause concern for the likes of EA? Because before, I'm sure Call of Duty, you know, their money is not in the PC version. Their money's all on 
PlayStation and Xbox. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all in the consoles. consoles. Yeah. 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 But now, if my option, um, especially in economic conditions as we are, if my choice is between this game that, you know, stupid amounts of people are playing online, player unknown, is, say, 15, 20 quid, or I go and drop 60 quid at retail price for Call of Duty, and a parent's there going... Well, I'm going to get in the cheap one or something, and also the kid's not going to be crying because PUBG is a great game and really popular. Do you think over time we might start to see a bit of a shift that EA, Activision need to pull their fingers out and do something a bit different? I'm, I'm hoping because are they going to be able to keep competing? Yeah, no, I'm hoping that will be the case. I mean, currently at this moment in time, they're making so much money from swindling you with all this little nickel and diming kind of shit that that I don't think they'll change any time in the near future. I think but, yeah, I'm hoping at some point it'll come and bite them in the arse. I think it will. I mean, the history of video games shows that treating the public like idiots will eventually bite them in the arse. Yeah. And I mean, you'll end up with a sort of uh, rubbish dump full of cartridges. Of exactly, ET. the video exactly. game crash. Yeah, the video game crash of 1987? 6-7, yeah. Atari yeah. basically going under because yeah, pretty much. they thought putting out games that were made in two weeks would would be... Would be an okay idea. Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll make money for the Christmas period. It's a bad game, but people will buy it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And nobody ever did, did they? And then, yeah. No, I think yeah, that's that's exactly what. But that's that's I suppose seen... in, in in the flip side as well. That's tricky because all these games that we are talking about, they aren't bad games. That's the problem. Mass Effect did sound bad. Andromeda got a lot of Andromeda. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it was mainly due to the fact that uh, their budget wasn't as high, I don't think, as Mass Effect 3, and they had trouble with facial animations. I know there was a big thing about the fact that they all looked like bug-eyed weirdos. It was subsequently updated. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping it was. I'm trying to think of of, uh, anything else that could actually be classed as probably a bad game that came from a big publisher. I mean, another one of those franchises that we're seeing a new game dropping soon and I haven't played the last one or two uh, which is an Ubisoft game Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed Origins I mean that's a franchise they are literally like that cow is dry dead it turns into bone and they're now just blending the bone marrow I think yeah. or something to just try and keep getting more an- games an- out of that another game that has loot boxes in the single player oh god to but be fair Cans it- Monster buy Cans Monster and you can get some free gear yeah um, the, the, not the sponsored is, by Monster. Ubisoft have already come out and said you can't. There's no. There's no actual <laughs> currency to buy. All the loot boxes will be opened within game within game currency. Oh, that's fine then. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. No, I don't mind that. They're still there. You're running around. You think you found a nice new fucking sword? This goes going, back, no, though. This goes, in a box. This goes back to what we were on about earlier when we were talking about card games. Though it's that booster pack mentality. You get so excited for opening boosters. You're probably just one of the wrong people for that kind of thing. Leveling up, finding new things, opening, going, oh, what am I going to get in this one? Oh, I like that. And when then I need to go get another box. Oh, I need to open it. Oh, my God, I've got, like, my God, I've got a legendary sword. That works. Yes! <laughs> that works with things like, like The Witcher 3 did it the best when you got loot, when you had to go on treasure hunts to find it. You went into a cave, you spent ages looking at maps, and you went and you go, fucking hell. There you go, a level 37 sword. I can't use it just yet, but when I get there, mm, I'm up for that. <laughs> Instead, what you get in games nowadays is you go, well done, well done, we'll give you a little clap, there you go. Here's a box, open up, hey, here you go, three things for you. Ah. It's shit, 
I'll call you honest with that. I want to find these things. I want to upgrade it myself. I want to feel like oh, you've done something. Uh. I want that, <laughs> but in a video game. Fucking hell. I might actually get. Um, I can be tempted to play the Assassin's Creed. I didn't play the London. We're getting completely distracted here. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't play the London one. Meh. I don't. I can't remember the one didn't before. Didn't do very well. I think that's why they had the two-year hiatus. And there's now an Egypt one. Yeah, uh, there's one like Egypt. Egypt. The look of Egypt. Mm. But I'm not going to talk about it. Looks, looks very Far Cry. This one. Okay. So, when's the new Far Cry out? New what? Fucking what number Christ. is it? It's like five. In, it's in America. So it's, it's in America. It's, it's, but it's not so, like it's literally like weird cultist kind of. Uh, like uh, you can fly planes in it and all sorts. Westboro Baptist Church kind of thing, or whatever they call it. Is yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, you get a dog as a as a companion. There you go. Yes. But I think that wraps us up for our staying on schedule and doing the the, the news, news. The, and and Mark rants again. So not moving forward because I'm not going to follow Ad's lead in terrible progression. Um, we have a discussion topic for the show. We're going to try and limit it to just one, again, sticking to the interests of time. Um, okay, so well, so well. Well, no, no, like, <laughs> my aim was around an hour and a half, and you never know. Uh, we won't be too far off. Uh, but this episode, we're going to talk uh, thematically about horror games. Probably, we'll probably end up leading to horror movies at some point as well. Um, but with Halloween... Uh, past probably by the time that you're listening to this um, we thought we'd just have a chat about games that actually have genuinely scared us in our... actually games that have actually gotten under our skin and um, yeah made you know, a little bit of wee come out basically yeah, yeah. maybe the odd turtle head I mean, I'm, I'm apt to kick things off there's two really that I can think of the first one of those would be um, I did actually have the opportunity to play PT um, I don't own a PS4 um, but I managed to play it on a friend's console um, not long after it released to be honest so PT PT at the time was meant to be like a playable teaser trailer kind of thing for Silent Hill which later got canned Yeah, Silent Hills the Love child yeah. between Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro, and Norman Reedus, the actor from The Walking Dead who plays Daryl. Ah, okay. Yep. Because it did turn out, spoiler alert, that the character you were playing in PT turns out to be Norman Norman Reedus, Reedus yeah. I know del Toro was involved in the production of PT. Yeah, So it makes sense that he was going to be involved in the production of Silent Hills. Yeah. So the premise was that you effectively went down um, a U-shaped corridor, pretty much at right angles, so you'd go down a corridor, you turn right, go down a corridor actually I don't th- even think you turned again after that, you'd go through no, a door, you go through a door and then you end steps. up back where you were, yeah. and sort of as you looped through, different things would happen and it was also sort of um, just put out, there was no like walk through or anything like that, and it was literally down to the gaming community to figure the way through it because it got to a point where you had to do specific things like find bits or turn bits or, or whatever you had yeah, puzzles to yeah, solve effectively things, yeah. to keep progressing that story to to get through the full full thing yeah. so it doesn't sound that bad 
It you, was fucking horrifying. Oh, it's like <laughs> many horror games, it was one of these cases, and it's the same with the other game that I'll talk about in a bit, that watching other people play it was not scary. Either maybe you'd jump or something, you know, something would pop out. And people that I was playing with at the time would sort of play it. I think the shortest playtime was probably about 30 seconds before somebody was like, no, I can't do this. Wow. Um, and I was like, oh, God. You know, I've been watching you play this for the last 15, 20 minutes. It's fine. As soon as that control is in your hands, I'm like, you do not want to go around that corner. Because, especially because it worked in this loops and every loop was sort of different um, until you sort of started hitting the really puzzly bits. Um, <clears throat> for example, there was like a little bathroom <clears throat> off to the one side of the main corridor. Um, and there might be dodgy stuff in the sink, or you might see an eye through a crack in the wall, but then it wouldn't be there the next time. Or you'd turn that first corner and there'd just be this screaming apparition woman thing who would start running at you and you'd panic and you'd turn around and you'd try and flee and then turn around and she's gone. Like, it had all the classic sort of horror tropes. Um, they were executed very well. But, yeah, you just... Oh, it was terrifying. Mm. Um, this that was... Was this game compatible with the VR? Um, yeah. Oh, I think it was probably too early. I think, I think was it was it too 20... early. I it was 14. 14, yeah. yeah. Before um, PSVR so it have, came out. Yeah, know. it would have been before <laughs> VR. Um, uh, yeah. It was... But it, it was a game that I, I sort of quickly understood. As soon as I'd got that controller and done a couple of loops, I was just like, no. No, I'm not going around that corner. No. I'm not seeing what's there coming. Was some, there was some pretty nasty, like... Um, I know to, to to get through certain parts of that thing, you have to like zoom in on various things. That so you can zoom in on a, a photo of a man and a woman, and a hole would burn through the woman's head, yep, or the man's head, or the wall, and then writing would appear on the wall. And if you turned to your right after doing this, that was when the apparition, well, I believe her name was Lisa, Lisa, yeah, um, would grab you and hold you up in the air and break your neck and like be in your face. With her nasty, her, her nasty face, and then I think you would wake up back in the room. So it wasn't really you died, but you hadn't. It wasn't like restarting all no. over again. It would be like a continuation. Yeah. But you, it would. It would. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it, Damn. It, it. It really. I mean, Del Toro is notorious for sort of being good and bad. I suppose. Um, a bit. I don't think Del Toro's ever made a bad film. Has he? Has he not? No. Because oh, even no, when you, you know think what? of his, I'm confusing him with M Night. Shyamalan. 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 Ding dong. Shyamalan. Ding dong. Yeah. Um, that's no. Guillermo del Toro has made some of some of the oh, best yeah, done, films done in, in, in multiple genres. I mean, I suppose if you were to classify his worst film, would have to be Mimic, which is about mutated cockroaches that live in the subway system of New York. But when you watch it, it's actually a really good thriller. It's actually okay. because he's just that good at yeah. like even with something as silly as that, but giant cockroaches that can mimic human appearance or mimic human shape because he never went as far as the sequels. The sequels actually had like humans, and then it would turn out oh they're cockroaches and that, that were crap. Yeah, okay. But in in the first one, they could mimic human shape. But obviously, if you got close enough, you could quite clearly tell that mm, that's a big ass insect. <laughs> um, but look, Guillermo del Toro is just... Um, I think he's a phenomenal director. He's made some... He's even made, he's even made stuff that's just fun. Pacific Rim. 
yep. directed Pacific Rim. The second one coming just, up with John Boyega. Just fun, yeah. John Boyega's in the second one. Uh, he's made some really heartfelt films. He's made some. He made a gothic romance film recently, Crimson. What is that called now? Oh, it was that uh, sort of hotel kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a woman that moves. Tom Hiddleston's in it. He, he marries a. Uh, a young lady and she moves into his house and it's like haunted yeah. but it's not really a, it's a ghost story but it's not like a horror story it's, it's more like a, a gothic romance is the way you described it yeah. but yeah I think Guillermo del Toro Hideo Kojima and Norman Reedus they'd have all made a really a really phenomenal Silent Hill game a, a proper actual sequel to Silent Hill 2 would have been really good because mm. obviously after Silent Hill 2 there were some good ones, but they didn't really capture the magic that Silent Hill no. Two really captured. No. Um, it's, it's a shame because I would uh, like I think a full game like PT would have been a cracker, but I don't know if it would have worked because the bonus with PT is it's that looping system that starts to get you paranoid. Like, well, no, because you it, it's probably the complete opposite that you sort of start to get more comfortable because you're mm. like, oh, nothing's happened. I'm finding little clues, and then boom. Like, that's it, you've got something screaming in your face or blood pouring from the ceiling all of a sudden or something like that. From from what I remember from from what I remember from interviews, um that it was literally the playable teaser was just a like a, a an insight into their visions for what a Silent Hill could be like. They had met, there was no actual like um lead footing down on it being first person. Mm. It could have very easily gone back to being third yeah. person. Uh obviously there was like the tonal changes between how jump scare heavy PT was to how like psychologically horror filled like Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill for the room were like it was more psychological based than anything else it was more about tension than it was about jump scares so there was a lot of back and forth but obviously with the breakdown in relationship between Hideo and Konami and Konami basically throwing their fucking toys out the pram and going we're not making games anymore we're making pachinko machines (laughs) Which is what they, which is what they now do, uh, that and Pez, <laughs> that's it now. Um, oh, no, no, wait, there's a Metal Gear Solid game coming up, which is a four-player co-op zombie game. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. that's what Konami are doing with the Metal Gear license these days. <laughs> yeah, so PT was genuinely terrifying. Probably not the most terrifying game I've played, as that will be my other one, but. Right. But it, well, I, it was definitely a pick the pad up, and after a while, like, I do not want to play this game yeah. anymore. I'm not, I'm not going around that corner. Somebody else can do it. That's it. I'm yeah. Can't yeah. Put the pad down. Yeah. Get stuff away. So, Ad, what about you, Ad? For me, um, you know, I suppose there's two types of what we could class as horror games, is what you just mentioned. There's the the whole jump scare kind of thing, and the, there's the atmosphere and yeah. the uh, the suspense, and the latter for me is the one that I'm drawn to the most. Um, I suppose I'd pick out. I don't know whether you played the Condemned series. I did. I played both of them. No. Nope. Yeah. The first Condemned in particular. I remember playing yeah. that. That was. Um, <coughs> Xbox 360. Very early. Yeah. Oh, Xbox 360. Very early. Yeah, 2005, I think that yeah. came out, 2006. Actually, I think, was it Condemned that I ended up watching Jay Lloyd playing around his house after exactly. that party? That was a, a long, about that 10 years ago. That was a yeah, yeah. very long time ago. So, yeah, that game, and that's that's how I got into that, was through, through Jay, actually. But, um, but, yeah. Shout out to Jay Lloyd. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Sub luck. 
So yeah, um, that game in particular, I think what it was was the fact that the majority of the game that you were playing, you were effectively the only person there, apart from the communication to to um, Officer Ramirez or something like that, or Rosa. Rosa, that was it. Rosa. Yeah, Rosa. Um, but apart from that, that was it. It was just weird homeless people, homeless, demented people losing their minds yeah drug addicts and you'd use a, a succession of blunt objects to smash them around the head yeah if you're lucky fantastic melee combat I think the thing that made that game so scary what it was the atmosphere but it was also you weren't fighting anything until the second one you weren't fighting anything paranormal you know yeah. what I mean it wasn't it wasn't always ghosts or anything like that these were people these were normal I say normal but they were drug addicts they were homeless people yeah and You'd be wandering around trying to figure out a crime, and all of a sudden, some drug addict would burst through a door with a lead pipe. I must say, <laughs> the the time there was a time that I was playing that game where I actually wanted to stop it was you in a mall. Oh, the, and, oh I know what you yeah. And a mannequin just starts walking away. Yeah, it's <laughs> when, a mannequin standing there, and then just becomes animated and starts walking. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's going down right there. So I like, yeah. started beating the fuck out of mannequins. That, that point, I think the, um... the part and condemn that made me want to put the pad down was uh, in the train in the subways. Yeah. When you when you walk into a, like a really cramped room and a little like a, a skinny girl and a skinny boy burst out of lockers and start chasing you down a corridor. I'm like, fuck! I can't handle this. I haven't got enough sweat glands. <laughs> It's terrifying. I don't think it was a very popular game either. I think it did well. It did well enough. I think, well, like you say, it was very early in the Xbox 360 release. Mm. So I think that probably would have helped. Granted, the Xbox 360 release wasn't as bad as the Nintendo Switch release, which effectively only had like yeah. a game, two games on release. Although they have picked it up a bit, but the initial release, yeah, initial release. Yeah. No, that wasn't but good. if I remember right, it was that's kind of been pretty early. In the 360 release window, I think. It's got to be in 2006. I think it was 2005. I think it was... 2000. Yeah, November 2005, you're right. Yeah. When did the 360 release? Uh, 2005. Yeah, so it was yeah, pretty yeah. much so a launch game yeah. for it. And it was a phenomenal launch game. And I'll have you know, developed by Monolith. Who are, you Monolith, know, yeah. Monolith Studios. Yeah. Who have always Sagan. been one of my favourite developers. They made Fear, which is a game that scared the piss out of me when that first came out. With some of the most advanced I.O. of the time as well. Mm. They made Fear 2. It wasn't as good as Fear, but it was still a damn good game. Lost in New York. They made Condemned. I think the only Fear I played... They made Condemned 2, Electric Boogaloo. Was there uh, a Fear 3? There was. They, they made, was they that didn't the one make... that wasn't really Fear? Yeah. yeah. It was Fear... Well, yeah. It was just yeah. a shooter, really. It was just a shooter. It wasn't it's really a horror game. It was very boring, yeah. Um, boring it was game. made by a completely different studio. I can't remember who made that. Daybreak Studios or something like that? Or, um, Zombie Studios? I can't remember. It was it was all right. It was pretty standard action fare. Got nothing on Fear One. Fear One still a brilliant. Even today, still a brilliant shooter. And the AI in it for the 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 enemies is still some of the best. You can't believe that it's been 2006. I think Fear came out, mm. and AI for enemies still hasn't gotten any better than it has in that in that, in that amount of time. Um, but yeah, Condemned was a special. It's a special game. Yeah. Yeah. For, especially for you know that kind of atmosphere, horror. It's going off in a slightly strange direction, but did you know that the Xbox 360 was announced, unveiled, 
on MTV. Oh wow! I, no, I did not know That's that. That's very strange. That, that MTV early two thousands. That is that is the most early two thousands thing <laughs> that I could possibly think of. We're gonna release. We're gonna show it off at E three or, or, or Gamescom or no? No, of course not. Kids these days watch MTV. <laughs> we'll release it there. Strange, yeah. Well, we'll be bookended by Pearl Jam and Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's one of those Xbox, early Xbox 360 games where, because I think after the PS2, I did leave gaming alone for quite a while. Hmm. Um, probably a good two years, I would have thought. I didn't really game that much. When I first saw the, the 360 and the, you know, the comparison between... PS2 and Xbox 360 graphics. Oh, my mind was blown. That and um, you remember Perfect Dark. I think Perfect that, Dark. Yeah, yeah. Everyone hated that game. Yeah, was, but I, I mean, graphic, graphically looking at it at yeah. the time, I thought, wow, it looks amazing. This it's is the awesome. one I when when my 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 mother and father took me to a game station mm. and they were like, "You can have a 360." I was like, "Hell yeah, I have a 360." It's like you're allowed one game with it and. Out of all the games I could have chose, I chose Perfect Dark. <laughs> Which means, you know, when you, that's like with everything, when you pick something, you've only got one thing, you start, you know, you love it, you love that thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like, did it with mm. the Mega Drive, did it with uh, the Master System when I first got that. What do you love on the Master System, Mark? Alex the Kid. And Everyone hated Alex yeah, the Kid, but I Pretty bad it. game, yeah, yeah. You know what my first PS1 game was? Fun. Time Crisis. Yes. And you know what? I didn't have the light gun. Oh, I played with a pad. I literally played my first game because I was a kid and I was young and silly and stupid. I used to have a computer game shop at the bottom of my road, and I used it. about to try games before you yeah. try before you buy. And my first, yeah, my first game with the PS One, Time Crisis with a pad. You used to have a square mm. on the screen. You had to move around to do the shooting. Could you get past the first or second level? Not really, because no. you can't shoot quick enough. Like, no, it's terrible, no. utterly awful. But there you go. I think my first game for the PlayStation 1 was... Um, remember Army Men? Yes. I think my first game for the PlayStation yes. 1 was an Army Men Christ. game. What was mine? I think mine was Rugrats, from what I can remember. Rugrats, wow. Yeah. No, I don't know. The problem is, there's a little story, and this is for um, one of my brothers that I know will be listening to this podcast, you fuck. Wait, which, wait, which Sam? Richard. Oh, Richard. I thought you said little brother. I was no, say one of, one of. Uh. Um, there was Christmas. The my eldest brother Rich and myself. What we always used to do is pour our money together, so we'd have more money to buy something that was, you know, even better, so such as a console. Yes. Now, what I wanted was a PlayStation. Oh, I remember. I know this story. Yes. I wanted a PlayStation. That is what my heart was set on. Yeah. And they were umming and ahhing about which one they wanted to go for. And they finally decided to go against my want and need for it to get a Nintendo 64. Right. So I was... I was like, fuck you then. Wait, you were waylaid. I'm taking my money elsewhere, bitches, so you can get less. You know, just yeah. despite them, but it didn't. They still got it anyway. And I shit you not, like two months later, they took that N64 uptown and traded it in and got a PlayStation PlayStation 1 and then your money wasn't a part of that therefore it wasn't my therefore, console it wasn't yours and you didn't have equal rights to it I was fucking oh. upset upset is not the word <laughs> I wanted to bludgeon them with no. the fucking thing <laughs> so yeah I mean technically I never had 
I never owned a PlayStation, but there you go. That's story. Technically, I've never owned a Nintendo, so there you go. <laughs> oh, we had a SNES, GameCube, and the N64. There you go. I've played them all. And Game Boy Advance. I had friends that owned them. And Game Boy Color. Uh, I, I went straight from the Mega Drive to Xbox. Yeah, the no, original Xbox. The original, no, I had PlayStation 1. I had PlayStation 2, which I bought with my own money, which back then was, taught me a goddamn age. And then I had the Xbox with the Duke, the, the gamepad the size of your kneecap. Yeah, with the, the, uh, the, the massive thing. The black and white buttons. Black and white buttons, yeah, with the triggers. And then 360. Mm. Eventually moved on to the various other forms of the console after that. Probably became a PC game after that, but yeah. I miss those old consoles, but we are... We are fucking I mean, digressed so much from the this. This ship ever. has... Doth change the course. Zack. Get it, auntie. Whose turn is it? Uh, I believe it's mine. Right then, fucking right. open your mouth. Uh, fucking, alright, chap. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so, we're going with the. Uh, right, so I'll go with the my number one pick. We'll save that. We'll, we'll do like a round table thing for our number one pick. So, a game that made me persevere through the horror, but also haunted my nightmares for a very long time. Would be the suffering. I don't. I don't even know where to begin with the suffering. It is filled with such vile imagery, and and hard to get through areas. That when I first played it on the PlayStation Two, I believe is yeah. where I had it originally. Yeah. It, it took me. It got. To, it got to have taken me a month to play through the whole thing, mm. due to suffering from mild panic attacks and the severe suffering. stress. <laughs> From you know, picking up and playing various parts of this game, and it had, it had, it was one of the first games I ever played, uh, along with Hitman, uh, Hitman Two: Silent Assassin, that allowed you to go from third person to first person, so you could change the perspective of how um, you were. One thing fighting. I loved about the first person on Hitman Two is you could see your own fucking feet. You could, yes. yes. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. You could. That was, you still that don't was get that in some games today. Or no, you don't. A lot of games today, actually, probably, to be honest. Yeah. They've got the double, it's just a camera, isn't it? Just, just, but you're a floating camera, uh, two floating yeah. arms. Yeah. It saves money, instead of creating a full 3D model for you. Disgraceful. Yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, so yeah, the, the suffering when that first came out. I never played the sequel. Um, I didn't know there was a sequel until recently. The, the Suffering 2, oh, you've Toys That Bind, Lost in You've never heard of The Suffering. It doesn't ring any bells. Suffering was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was made by Midway. Oh god! Yeah, um, Midway Interactive. Midway Interactive, yeah. Before they went to bankruptio. Um, Not one of the EA graveyard. No, no. They, they, they <laughs> fucking Midway. They took that shovel and buried themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they went. They went to town on that. Did they do Carmageddon? Or was that just me? Uh, I think so. They oh, might Carmageddon. They might have done Carmageddon. Did, hadn't, didn't Carmageddon have a recent? Yeah, they, 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 there was a remake, and it was not remake. very good. Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of that. Micro Machines remake not great. Not, not good. Yeah. Remake not great. Mm. I still think they're developing the Carmageddon remake. I believe that is the case, but I think you have to pay thirty quid for the uh, early access. Yeah, for the early access yeah. of it. If that is, if, unless it has been released, in which case I wouldn't buy it because I saw I saw videos of that not too long ago actually, and it was a it was a bit of a mess. A bit of bland like backgrounds and stuff. I would like say that. the original Carmageddon was pretty. Messy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't midway. Uh, was it not? No. That's unfortunate. 
Midway did do some good games. Though. Midway made one of my favourite games of all time. They made PsyOps, the Mind Gate Conspiracy. See, I was also talking about this um, with my other ass father the other day. Mm. Because he was a big fan of um, Second Sight. Second Sight, I looked at And I remember at the time, because both Second Sight and, and PsyOps, came, PsyOps out. came out, and they were both all about telekinesis and... Yeah. Psychic, psychic, psychic powers. Psychic, psychic powers, yeah. yeah. One was made by Free Radical, the guys that made Tons. I was going to say, it was yeah, yeah. those people, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Second Sight. Yeah. Um... Me personally, well, here he goes again. I'm fucking expelling gas. That won't get picked. That won't get picked up on there. I'll fucking compress this. Wait, does it? I was gonna say it doesn't matter because it's now been announced to the world. He farted, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking Brian Blazy, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yeah, I mean, I personally, I personally preferred Second Sight for the story. I thought this story was really captivating. Yeah, although I can't remember any of it. I remember. Um, <laughs> Whereas Toyops gameplay was like up there. Was Phenomenal. Good. I remember Second Sight being extremely buggy for the PlayStation 2. It was very buggy, but like, it also had some really good ideas. But it yeah. was very it was very free radical in terms of like because you remember like Time Splitters one and two. And their facial emotions is almost cartoon. It was cartoony, it? but I'm I'm talking more like how it played. So like you know how first person shooters when they first started to come out? Yeah, yeah. Instead of your Body turning with the reticule, your reticule would move around the screen. Yeah. So like yeah. that—that that was where how um, second sight would work, but with third person. So you'd be crouched and you'd be hiding behind something, and then the reticule would be the thing that you moved around the screen mm. to do like the movement of things or to okay. like take over someone's mind or something yeah. like that. Whereas Cyops obviously was just a bog standard action third person adventure, but had just phenomenal controls for. The t- I mean, you could literally stand on a box and use telekinesis to lift yourself into the air. And move you to other parts yeah. of the level and get to places that you weren't supposed to go. I mean, that shit was absolutely for, amazing know, for for me. Anyway, I don't know if there's any games that did did stuff like that before, but it was relatively a new thing for. I think Psyops was one of the first games I ever played that had ragdoll physics as good as they were. Yeah, like smashing people against walls was the most fun I've had in the video <laughs> game. Just consistently bang, 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 banging them against walls, hopping against the ceilings, smacking them into the floor. Was Time Splitters three after Future Perfect? That or was it before? I'm just wondering. Was Second Sight the last game Free Radical? Time Splitters three Future Perfect. Uh, that came out March 2005. It was before then. Second Sight was. I'm sure it was because it yeah, was when I was a virgin. PS2 game then. Yeah. I always judge things in my life from whether I was a virgin or not. <laughs> I'll know exactly when that came out because I was a virgin. <laughs> this episode That's was recorded nice... when you were a virgin, to be honest. I was going to say, it's a nice, nice tree-ring <laughs> way of uh, looking at life, isn't it? Uh, 2004, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. Was Time Splitters 3 the last game feature article made? It might have been, yeah. No, Hayes was the atrocious oh. PlayStation, PlayStation 3, 3 yeah. launch game. Oh, that okay. was a load they, of fuck. Basically... From what I remember from one of the interviews with one of the developers, Free Radical had a shit ton of ideas for various games, but no one would take them up on them. Um, yeah, they shame. had they had ideas for a new Time Splitters. No one wanted to pay money for it because they didn't think it was um, that would have made so much marketable. Money. Oh, they didn't think it was marketable. So they had they had ideas for a, a Second Sight Two, I believe. Um, but no, the only thing they got was they got handed this job by Sony to make a launch title game for the PlayStation 3 and that turned out to be Hayes which was just one of the dullest first person shooters that has ever so, been made it was so yeah, unfortunate they ran out of time and all, all, yeah. all the stuff that we were planning for, to do for it and 
Such is life, though, eh? They, uh, yeah. they got shut down. Anyway. Crytek now on the rush for time splitters. Oh, do they? Oh. Yeah. Okay, and they so have that's... no plans for a time splitters game. No, at that's all. the thing I can't imagine they'd make a great one. There is a. Crytek in the shit at the moment. Oh. <laughs> there is an, o- I suppose, open source. There's a, there's a free game being developed by, I suppose, X members. Time splitters, fanatics, and ex-members. You might maybe. Oh, okay. um, uh, I think it's going to be a multiplayer-only game. Perfect. They've managed to get the licenses to call it Time Splitters, but I think there's the certain clauses like you know you can't make a certain amount of money. You can't make money off it. So I think it's going to be a free game. Yeah. Um, you know they can't use the time splitter's name to make money basically I think yeah I think they, from what I read about it anyway maybe right seems, sounds about right there's a lot of I have to look into that actually that. to see how oh, that's progressing yeah it'd be worth looking into that would, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially we, if they can bring back the old canyon training oh god map. yeah that was great oh and the icy tower one capture the bag all zombies mode icy tower oh my god that was it's such a great game run around as the uh, the, gold, <laughs> the goldfish too. <laughs> oh, it was all about either the monkey, the monkey, because wait, you were so small, you were so, so you small, actually you had an fucking advantage. odd job of time splitters. That was yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. It was the odd job of time splitters, or going around to something like the duck or the gingerbread man. Because Mister Hansy, yes, Mister yeah. Hansy, um, <laughs> or was it Hans the weird bald guy with the nappy or something? They made fantastic characters. Oh yeah, there was some really. It was a shoal of fish as a character for Christ's sake. That's just that's just. The thing is, though, they somehow creativity. sort of crowbarred them, or at least a lot of them, into the single player as well. Yeah, so it, it, it was fantastic. It was. They were very good at job. We've completely gone off we've, horror games. Mate, we're not even on rails at this point. We're um, plummeting towards the no, Mariana Trench. No, I said we wheels. can't refer to it as a train wreck. No, that's true. that was the first episode. Well, of course, we'll call it a cock slap. Well, well um, so the suffering basically was what we were on about, and it was a game that scared me, and it was very good, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Charlesy... I've, I've, What's your number one? I've yeah, so I'm sort of going to slightly cheat um, because there's probably two in a series that have had an effect on my life. I know what you're about to say. As I say, by the fact I've said series, it'll probably be quite obvious. Yeah. Um, so as a very young child, I, I mentioned about the PS1 and the first game that I had was Time Crisis. One of the other first games I think we owned uh, between me and my brother. Well, technically my brother. Um, my brother wasn't even old enough to buy it. A game from the aforementioned shop at the end of the road, and had to send my mom to buy it because it was an eighteen-rated <sighs> game. Yes, when you send your parents to buy you. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's how. I, remember yeah. it well. I think my brother was. I must have only been around nine at the time, maybe. Uh, Resident Evil Director's Cut. Yeah. Now I. Uh, I'm not referencing normally if you say Resident Evil the, the original the scary bits people always refer to the dogs jumping through the window yeah now I don't really remember that so much as a kid but pretty much I wasn't meant to be watching my, I was meant to be fast asleep my brother was playing it we had bunk beds I snuck to the end of the bunk bed because I was on the top one uh, looking peering down sort of at the you know your old classic 15 inch sort of big boxy yeah. TV with a built in VCR um, and for me it was that scene when you first meet a zombie when he's chowing down on one of the bravos yeah you walk into a room he's eating and and it's just that that slow head turn and looking back at it the graphics are absolutely (laughs) atrocious oh yeah Um, but at the time it was terrifying Um, but 
uh, I couldn't shy away and was actually enthralled and continued to watch my brother until I probably just fell asleep at the end of of the bunk bed. But similarly, um, fast forward, oh, God, what, 17, 18 years, um, I, I played Resident Evil 4, it was probably the last one I played out of the series, until the brand new one, which I think, is it just, is it Resident Evil 7? 7, seven. seven? yeah, Resident Evil 7. seven. Um, so did, did you not play 5 and 6 then? Did, didn't play 5 or 6. Four. Ooh, Dad, the bullet was 6. I actually did play a little bit of what was like the tactical Gears of War-y kind of rip-off-y oh, thing. Oh, uh, Resident Five? Evil, no, Raccoon City. Raccoon City, um, uh, Outbreak, no, something like that. Uh, Resident Evil, Outbreak and... Outbreak Two oh, were like nice. multiple squad. It was like it, it was, like was an action game. It was like, like normal people. Like somebody was good at lock picking, and then someone was good at like throwing yeah, it things. Might have been that. It was Origins. There's one as well. Oh, Origins. it was bloody terrible. Anyway, I'm sure it was um, Origins. But yeah, Raccoon City was the awful one. I recently played Seven. Um, no, I'd watched a bit of a YouTube video. Somebody else playing it. Thought, oh yeah, Mrs. Is into horror stuff. She'll happily sit there and watch me play it. You know. Um, I played it for about ten minutes. Didn't actually really get, you know, I didn't hit a jump scare, really, or anything like that. And I sent it back to the rental company. <laughs> really? Yep. You <laughs> got ten minutes in. Ten minutes in. And you didn't even get. Didn't want to play anymore. Did you even get inside the house? I got inside the house. I got into the attic. I think and sorted something out. Went back downstairs. Watched a VHS. Got to a point when pretty much I think I had to jump down. I got through a hidden wall. Oh, yeah, you got through the hidden wall. You go down the shaft. Went down a shaft. And there's a chap there. Yeah. And it was... Oh, I think, yeah, actually, maybe... Is that a jump scary bit? Well, he turns around and he's been impaled on the pipe, I believe. Yeah. And you turn him round. Yeah. That, and, and, and that's when I turned the Xbox off and <laughs> took the disc out. I can't believe I actually got further than you. Um, and sent it back. Um, and that's, got... that's probably the most sort of um, scared I've been in a game. Wow. Yeah, ten minutes. I mean, I mean I'm seven, like, Resi 7 is a fucking good game. It's I would really not, good. I would not want to play that in you, VR. It, I think it would be an experience. Well, I mean, like, they, they already... It was it was shown on VR before it was announced as a game hmm. because people were going to Capcom's booth at various game shows and they were showing off the PSVR kitchen demo. Yeah. And it turns out that obviously the kitchen demo is it's not in the game, but it is Resi Seven because the the character that's doing all the torturing and being all mean and shit is in the, in the game, she's yeah. one of the characters within the actual Resi Seven game. Mm. Well, I thought that was real. That's a that's a smart way of doing things. That is because you start going, oh, I know that character when Resi Seven comes out, and it kind of links those two things up. But yeah, no, Resi Seven in VR would be uh, no, that'd be my, my eyes bleed. They've regressed in a way. Uh, well, not regressed. What's the word? They've um, gone back to their roots. Yeah, it's a horror game again. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not. It's, a, not it's not a shitty action. I mean, I, mean, I enjoyed the action in it. Uh, I know that the latter half of the game, that half, latter part of the game, becomes a bit more of a shoot fest than the majority of the rest of the game. Right. Okay. But they're definitely going in the right direction. We're changing it to the first person, and like having it more of like um, amnesia kind of thing, which yeah. first person and the thing that's hunting you can't just be stopped because you've got a bit of pipe, you know, 
it makes it a lot more tense. It's a lot more visceral as well, mm. with how with how the, the the combat and stuff works. Some of the enemies, like the the bog standard enemies, when you're not fighting the Baker family, <coughs> the bog standard enemies are a bit meh. They haven't really done much to. to I don't know. They don't, mm. They're just goop monsters with the big teeth. You're like, oh, yeah, it's fair enough. It's when the Baker family come into it, you start really feeling your balls in a voice. Oh, tense game that is. I can see why that's your your number one. Yeah, yeah. I don't really play many horror games, though, I suppose. Um, I struggle to think of any of the stuff. Yeah, actually I think you have, to play, you have to play a lot of horror games to kind of build up some sort of tolerance to them, don't you? You don't play, you're not used to the stress that they cause. Yeah. You start getting yeah. stressed and you're like, no, I'm going to control or delete. Find it in Task Manager. Scroll <laughs> down applications. Mm. It, it's, I suppose it's more of a struggle for myself to be to have a number one because mine would be Resident Evil the original Resident Evil as yeah. well because I experienced that in the same perspective of watching other people playing it and being petrified but also not being able to look away yeah so I don't necessarily have a number one I suppose the last game that Scared the cock out of me was Alien Isolation. Well, you've just started yeah, my number one. I was going to say that's what I would have assumed. Would that's my number one. That is. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, my number one. My number one. The game, the game that made me not only Alt F4 out, but right click and uninstall <laughs> was Alien Isolation. I fucking died. I died on basically that that. Not first bit where you see the alien, because obviously the alien comes down in some sort of like semi-cut scene. You're like when you first see it, yeah. But the bit where you're tasked to find a key card to a doctor's office, and it drops out the ceiling, and you're like, "This is it. This is where it starts hunting you." I I tried it. I tried it so many times. Every time, <laughs> I was like, I keep forgetting that the AI in this is fucking cock good. Because it, be, it learns from you, it finds yeah. out you're doing things. You like if you keep going the same way, it keeps you know, changes its pathfinding. Uh, you know if you keep throwing noise makers, it learns that to go towards where it was thrown from rather than where it's thrown to. And I, you know every time I'd, I'd walk through it, I'd be like, oh, he's gone. I can hear the thud and it's disappeared. Open the door, there in your face, like headphones off, like <laughs> light back on. Go downstairs, sit down, and have myself an Earl Grey tea. <laughs> <laughs> and contemplate life. Yeah, it was alien. I mean, it's for not, I would love to be able to go back to it. I'm planning on going back to it at some point. I want to get through as much of it as I can. But when I first started playing it, I, just, I had the sweats. I couldn't handle it. I was slipping out my chair. So I think games like that and like Resident Evil Seven should be attacked as a team. There should be a group of people playing but this, it. But it kind of goes against the whole. Ethos of horror games. It though, didn't work it? for me. I was sat there with the mists on the sofa, and I was just like, "No, no, she's not what you're Which doing." I'm like, "No, it's going. I'm gone. Done. Done. <laughs> just did. That's it. Game over." Uh, so I, I think the difference with Resident Evil and Alien Isolation is that is Alien Isolation the kind of game that once you, you know you've stopped playing it, are you then scared to go downstairs, or you know you go around turning every light on your house? I don't think so with so much no, Alien. You are, it, yeah. It's more that in-game tension. You come out of Resident Evil, if it would have been... I mean, this was the middle of the day I was playing. It wasn't like we set it up and closed the curtains and turned the lights off and played it. Yeah. It was literally the middle of, like, 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Um, if it would have been late at night, 
I would have been scared to have gone upstairs by myself. Kind yeah. of th- you know, it would have been that kind of revert back to being a four-year-old child who's just seen E.T. for the first time. Um, I had a fear of E.T. when I was a kid. Yeah, um, fair enough. He looks like a scrotum. Well, you know, it's when he's dead, <laughs> like, or when he's dying or whatever. Oh, okay, he looks like a dried-out scrotum. You know, it's terrifying. <laughs> so I think that's where I'd probably draw, draw a difference. Mm. Um, Alien Isolation effectively just seems like a stress simulator. It's the most stressful thing yeah. I've ever played in my life. I've played some. Like, I played, we played Amnesia Dark Descent. That's a stressful game. And Penumbra's hold nothing. Doesn't hold a candle to Alien Isolation. And the worst thing about Alien Isolation is you go into it thinking it can't be that scary because I've seen the films. I know what the xenomorph is. How scary can something be if I already know what it looks like? If I already know how it moves from the films, I've already got references for this. And video game format, you're just not you're not expecting it. Mm. It literally is the most terrifying being that has ever been created for any 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 type of media, in my opinion. Mm. Xenomorph tops all lists for the most haunting of creatures ever created. Is that another game that's VR capable in any way? Yes, they they. Uh, I don't think it's out. They. There was tech demos of Alien Isolation being shown off at Gamescom, I believe, where people could play Alien Isolation on VR, but unfortunately I think Creative Assembly came out and said that it wasn't... Oh. It wasn't a thing that they were looking on actually bringing forward Um, to the masses. There's a modder that's had VR support. Yeah. I don't know how well that would be implemented. I was going to say, there's a fair few things you can sort of... I wouldn't uh, trust any of that, given how many frames you need... Like if that if that drops in frame rate while you're playing it, you're going to be sick as a dog. I suppose this also begs the question, um, you know, Alien Isolation playing that, uh, uh, you know, standard as you would do, is all well and good. But if I wanted to experience the VR aspect of it, I don't know whether it's even affordable now. It would not. Alien Isolation would be the furthest game away from fucking VR (laughs) if I was going to experience it. Well, you've got to try it, haven't you? I, but, mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not spending 900 quid on something. I need to throw it off my face <laughs> the moment it gets anywhere oh, near me. HTC Vive is now 599. Is it? Yeah. I oh. still can't afford one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... Or have the room for one. If I came into a bit of money, I'd probably be tempted. So the Vive was Steam... Steam Bats, and HTC it? combo. Yes, yeah, Steam, yeah. Steam and HTC. And out, out of... Um, between... Valve. The, Valve. Valve, yes. Valve, not Steam. Not Steam. Yeah. Steam is the, well, fo- yeah. Steam is the platform. <laughs> just Valve is the company. Gabe Newell somewhere is just like... Fuckers don't make games anymore, though, do you? Between no, the... Half-Life uh, 3, mate. Half-Life 3 Oh, mate, it's out soon, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's out tomorrow. Spring 2018. <laughs> Got a release date and everything. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> but, yeah, between the, the Vive and the, the, os- the Osculus... The Oculus. O- Oculus. Oculus. The Oculus. Yeah. You know, I'd have the Vive, but I don't know. I think week. the Vive from when I last checked about a year ago when I was dreaming was more expensive. It the is Vive, more expensive, the but is... the Vive also comes with the light towers that you put in the corner of your room. The Basically, it senses the, the space yeah, yeah, yeah. and turns your entire. If you've got, like, say, if this entire room was completely barren apart from your computer. Your Vive. This would be a nice room to do it in, actually. Yeah, you know, it would work. If you we could strip us out. Because it. Because it, it comes up with like grids, I believe. If you start walking towards walls, it's cool. it yeah. shows up in the game yeah, saying, oh, that's a wall. That's pretty cool. And it also comes with the uh, 
What's the mouse and McCall? Yeah. Yeah. They're really good as well, apparently. They're yeah. like one to one all the time. Seen, mm. seen some pretty funky stuff. Now, it was the, uh, I think the Oculus Rift had some int- introduction. They did, and they released a stuff, fucking yeah. astronomical price point, didn't they? They were like 250, 300 quid. I'm not sure. I know the, pretty much, I know the Vive's 599. Retail yeah. price, of course. Oculus is three nine nine for the Oculus, so it is two hundred. Does that come with the the controllers yes. as well? It now comes with the controllers. When they yes. first released the controllers, they were a fortune, and people. See, now this is the thing. I mean, we have moved into talking about VR, um, but the Oculus does have its own game store, so you do run the risk if you buy one that you won't natively be able to play. To play this, this is this is it. I know Oculus tried to stop certain games. From leaving Oculus and going on to yeah, like the I think Steam platform, have. You, you can there's there's third party ways around that. Yeah, well, basically they, they they're not a platform. Well, there was something weird about it, like they're not a proper platform holder, so they couldn't actually tell the publishers or the developers not to put their games yeah. on, and you couldn't have it exclusive because Oculus games are just PC games, so they work with the Vive. There was no, there was no like weird way of getting around it kind of thing. So anything that came out exclusively for the Oculus Rift could easily be played on the HTC Vive. So it wasn't exclusive to fuck all. Mm. You also got to think in terms of cost as well, which we touched on in the previous podcast. Well, yeah. if you're going for cost and you want the cheapest of cheap, you go for the PSVR. But well, yeah. you need to but fork out for a PlayStation Pro to make sure that it works yeah. exactly properly. And and, and the, on the flip side with the PC, you, you're going to need a fucking decent graphics card. You're going to need half decent. So you need a 1080 minimum. Yeah. You're looking, and that's another 500 quid. You don't. You, you can Plus. actually get away with VR with a, a 1060. You're going to want to run a 1080. If you, you, you're pushing it with a 1060. No, it's not that bad. It's, it's genuinely not that bad. 1080 obviously will be, give you the, the smoothest of smooth experiences. Like, well, this is the thing but with VR is the risk of things like motion sickness. You know, if well, everyone, got... everyone, is, everyone has some sort of some form of uh, motion sickness. It just depends on how bad it needs to be before you are triggered. Basically, mm. um, I know it has to be ninety frames per second. It has to be about ninety frames per second in VR for you to not start getting the effects of motion sickness. Yeah. Which obviously when you're playing a game Tonight. you need some just get two Titan X's <laughs> SLI those bad boys. But I mean even then you're looking Spend your life savings. Six hundred quid for your Vive, five hundred quid for your graphics card, rest of your PC to go with it, because you're gonna need a decent you know, yeah. a machine capable of running these. So but I suppose the short conclusion to answer the question, is it cost effective? No. It's not, <laughs> well, not cost effective, no. Not what I would say is the Vive's been out for some time now. I haven't checked, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure I remember something about whether there might be a new update maybe next year or something from HTC. Mm. Um, and of course, with the push with the consoles getting the new powerful versions out, the One X and the Pro, whatever. Well, the, the apparently Sony are already working on PS5. As a God. as a what you call it against the Xbox One X. Well, that's interesting. Then. Yeah. Um, but with you know with the more powerful consoles coming out that are going to be should be more VR capable. capable yeah. Um, hopefully it'll push the price down. Now, but yeah. the way that I also look at it as well is if you've still got this potential exclusivity between Vive and Oculus or whatever, is if you are going to look into buying VR, you've got, got to worry about the whole. Betamax VHS kind of thing, or in, in, in this case, CD. Yeah, you know, Vive is 
VHS and fucking Oculus Rift is Betamax if they're going to yeah, go think, down that storefront I think thing. that's the way to probably look at it. So if you are looking at VR, I would say maybe wait mm. next year. That would also give you time to save up for it. <laughs> you, you will need to. You will um, need to save. I mean, when did the 1080 drop? Um, oh, last year. Was oh, when, early, when was, was it released? Early, oh yeah, sorry. It was yeah. Early, um, early this year. It was the TI was early this year. It's usually yeah. around about March, April time. I think they released new graphics. So, because that might be a case of wait. Well, you could wait for the new graf- graphics cards to release, pushing down the prices of the previous model. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever that. If you want be. to make things, so that might help you make it a bit cheaper. I th- I don't think VR's going to be like 3D TVs. It's not going to die out real quickly. And what the fucking hell is yeah, this? Yeah, be- because um, I just think. Granted, you know, just like 3D TVs, you need a headset, but I think it's... With a, th- a 3D TV, were you going to buy four or five headsets? You don't know how many people are going to come around. To no. Sure. 3D cinema still seems to be a thing. Everything's coming out with a 3D release. Not that I've seen a 3D film for a while now. Even um, then it was... Dies out quickly, it's just a fad. Com- uncomfortable. Well, that's the thing, 3D? I think 3D films are still going like hard, so... Uh, new the, Star Wars I booked tickets for Last Jedi I've yeah. gone 2D because you know, the people I'm going to see it with don't like 3D but the point that you're making but is that I think it will stay in in a home use yeah. I think VR's here to stay Yeah. from a professional business side VR's becoming a big thing in yeah, training yeah, and, and medical like technicians are using it for like surgery Loads things, um, and things like electricians that. you know engineers things like that um, it's a great training tool much more useful than 3D yeah. would be. So I think there's practical applications out there in the wide world, yeah. which will just help that development rate. It's no different to like 3D printers um, yeah. being used for creating body parts in some cases. You know, sort of the more it's used and the wider it's used, the quicker it'll push the price down because people need to be more competitive and it needs to be cheaper so it can be used of course, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's something that's going to die. No, it's the next level of immersion. Yeah. I, I, I've only ever experienced it once, which is going back to an insomnia uh, I went to at the Rico. It was the summer one, so we're probably going back three, four years ago now. Yeah. Um, and it, the graphics weren't amazing. It was just a roller coaster simulation. You were just on a roller coaster. Um, and one of my friends I was with... Um, lasted less time on that than they did in PT because they genuinely they don't like roller coasters in real life genuinely felt sick from the up and down it's quite funny to watch people because you could see them swaying from side to side as they're going around corners whereas it's just a headset there's no actual of course physical movement the the best thing I've experienced my dad uh, my dad bought a new Samsung phone and obviously when you buy the Samsung phone you get the Gear VR and I had to set it up for him because he had not a clue what to get how how it worked or anything like that so I set it all up for him and I got it working and I found one of the free demos was a roller coaster like sitting in the set you can can, hit a lever and it turns it on and everything yeah it's just just, like it went through a cavern and watching my dad like sitting on the settee and he's going oh Christ oh no Oh no! Kind of thing, looking around and For the screaming. Uh, Mark's pretending to be on a roller coaster, going all over the place. Um. <laughs> but um, I think stuff like that. I think the Gear VR, especially, is a brilliant tool. 
because do you get any controller or anything? No, you, the, no, you, yeah, you can. You can because it's a phone and it has Bluetooth. You can actually buy controllers that connect via Bluetooth to your yeah. phone. And so there are games, I believe, on mobile platforms for VR, which you can use a controller for. But um, majority of games, there's like a, a swipe sensor on the side with two buttons, and you use that. There was like a horror game I played where you could use that to like look around and and, and touch things. I think it was kind of thing okay. like a. Like a little reticule would appear in your line of vision, pick things up. I'm due a phone upgrade. Um, I've been for the last month, and I know they were doing, if you got a Samsung Galaxy S8 or whatever, that you got a VR with it. I'm yeah. wondering if that deal's still going. If it is, tomorrow I would at lunch, actually, yeah. I'm going to coffee and whatever else. Yeah. I would yeah. recommend I would recommend <laughs> so I'd quite it. quite like to try that. The Gear VR, to me, the Gear VR proves that you can have VR experiences on something and not need... A graphics card or anything that's affordable, effectively. No, yeah, like powered to the moon. So, like, yes, a GTX 1080 would be the best experience possible for VR. But if you can get away with it, a Samsung S8 is just as good for VR. The graphics aren't anywhere near as good, but they—that's the way it works. You lower it, you still get the immersion. You know, you you might lower the graphical settings. But they're still keeping that frame rate at the constant. Yeah. So it still works. Mm. It still draws you in. Mm. I think, to be honest, the greatest moment I had during my experience was when you realise you can turn around, and because you get so used when gaming that sort of you've got, of course, your single viewpoint. Yeah, your um, cone of vision. It was really weird to sort of have that moment when I turned around and there's people behind me on the roller coaster sat there and yeah. it was it was just sort of mind blown. Again, really funny to watch when somebody else realises that and they've got this headset on. Um I think it was an Oculus Rift at the time because I don't think the Vive would have been around at all, you know, three years ago. No. Um but yeah it was just funny to so say they got this Oculus Rift on the face and they're turning around sort of getting really confused and what oh, it's it's funny to watch people doing VR but I, I'd love to give it another go with an actual game I'll tell you what there was a thing on Gear VR it would have made it into my top most horrifying list that we did earlier if I'd have actually gone through with it and not chickened out at the last second which was a deep sea cage dive oh, with okay. a great white shark floating around you attacking the cage every now and again I was tempted but then I remembered that I have a massive fear of the ocean, ah. and being immersed in a ca- and being attacked by a great white was wasn't on my list for things to do that day. Actually, mm-hmm. so I went I went to went on the nice one. It was in a coral reef, and there were turtles. <laughs> <laughs> this is pleasant. I like this. Still in the ocean. Still in the ocean, but I could see the surface. Uh, that, okay. There you go. There's, there's the clincher for you. It wasn't deep. Blue with something in the distance fading in and out of your vision, and every now and again popping up with its big ass teeth just to make sure you, yeah, you're alive, you're welcome. Nah, nah, I can't handle that. Alright, so I think we've we've covered enough. Does anybody else want to cover off anything before we call on discussion topics for the week? I think uh, we're going to do one discussion topic. We've veered into VR, but that's fine. Yeah, that's the way this show goes, evidently. I think. Uh, I think we no, might have discussed no. all that can be. Yeah, I feel fulfilled. Yeah, I think overall, in I think body and mind, we can all agree it's it's very expensive still at the moment. Like I say, I reckon you're looking at fifteen hundred quid minimum. Find a rich friend and experience VR. 
is the or advice that it would give you. Work for 19 days straight for 12 hours a day, and you might just be able to make enough money to do it. Yes. You'll be a wreck by the end of it, and your hair will be falling out. Well, it's, what's national living wage at the moment? £7.50. Um, so 12 hours is 75 plus 15, 80, 80 pounds. What? That 80 pounds? Where have you, where have you <laughs> got that from? Oh, this is. Easy. This is terrible maths on the fly. <laughs> He's the mathematician. Pounds. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 19 days straight. Yeah. Yeah, you could do it. You could afford one, couldn't 19 you? 19 days. Could. Yeah, as long as you don't need to pay tax, <laughs> buy food, pay for petrol or anything like that. Rents. Or anything else. Oranges. Yeah. Right, you could do it if you live with your parents and don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Mark. <laughs> All right, then. Let's right. move on. Let's just yeah. go. We can, well, you can, you can cut it. Let's just cut it. Yeah, I think we should uh, leave the last game that we played that we lost sleep over for the next podcast, maybe, as a discussion topic. Or one of the other podcasts. Scissors. What? Discussion topic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to try and do one in the interests of time. Yeah. So I reckon we're, we're at about two hours fifteen. Yeah, there's there's still chunks that we're going to be cutting out anyway. So yeah, come on, let's do this participation okay. event. I'm excited for this. Okay, let's participate. Okay, so I'll, I'll... that's the participation event. Theme music. Well, I had to disguise this. So, so <laughs> well, I wrote that. It took me an hour to write that. How dare you? Calm down, calm down. Sorry, I'm just excited. So, um, yeah. What's the reason in the, in the show notes I changed this to um, participation event just so I wouldn't spoil the surprise. But What's in the box? So, so I've got a, a bag here. It's a carrier bag. A Sainsbury's carrier bag for. Not that makes any difference. Oh, there we go. That's going to be lovely listening for the uh, for the listeners. So, what's in the bag, you ask? This this is linked to something we were talking about last week. So, the first thing I'm pulling out of my bag of delights um, is, is a pack of Sainsbury's, not sponsored, six white pitters. There's good reason for this. Um, I needed to find something that I would feel was suitable for dipping, but would also have very minimal flavour. I thought Doritos could affect this yes. quite bad. Um, now, sadly, I couldn't get, of course, the original McDonald's Szechuan ah, sauce. he's got um, Because Szechuan. that stuff doesn't exist. But after we spoke about Szechuan sauce and Mark raged again, I managed to find... Well, it wasn't particularly hard. Uh, actually, no, surprisingly, it's difficult. Um, where would I, I... I think I bought it from Sainsbury's, actually, and just didn't pick up random Sainsbury's carry bag. Because um, I brought this the other week. No, well, last week. Uh, it's Sharwood's Stir Fry Szechuan Sauce. So I don't think this should be used as a dipping sauce. Because um, it is more of a cooking sauce. I'm salivating at the um, thought of But this I thought what we could slurp. do is, I thought pitters, you could sort of strip them, like rip them into strips like like you would with fingers. Yeah, dip them bastards like soldiers. And we, we can just have a bit of a dip. And, like an egg. Now, additionally, I'm, I'm just smelling... a test. Pass it down here, kid. Come on. It smells... <laughs> I it's wanna... not really what I expected. I think Szechuan, just for... Well, does anyone know what Szechuan sauce is meant fucking to be? Fucking spicy like? tomato sauce. That's what I fucking really want. Is it just spicy <laughs> tomato sauce? Okay, so this... We're going to have a bit of a taste test. This is completely... 
off the car track. Um, is it McDonald's that wiki? Smells, that smells. <laughs> well, this is weirdly, sure. weirdly savoury. That's it. Yeah, it's got, it's got a bit really. Look. Hey, yeah, it noise. smells like. I was expecting more of a spice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Chap. Gonna, I hope you don't mind pita breads and none of you are like um, gluten. I am definitely intolerant. not. I'm, I'm actually just going to pass. I was going to oh, rip them up for people, gonna, but I'm just going to. We have one each. We have, we'll have a pita we'll bread each. We'll have a bread each, and then you can decide whether you want Cheers. to finish oh, the pita bread or not. I'm, um, I'm, I'm okay with this because I'll just eat these raw. I mean, what? I have put the. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to dip. I'm not going to eat yet. I'm going to let everybody get the... Oh. Stop eating it! You meant to dip it! No I'm point of this, just to see what Szechuan sauce is actually like. And if we can understand... I mean, granted, the McDonald's one will taste nothing like this. Kudos oh. for buying something that doesn't create crumbs. Thank you. Ah, so that's good. Don't eat it yet, Mark. We're going to... No, we'll, 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 we'll have a countdown. A holder on. Or whatever. I and we can... Getting there. This is live... Dive taste testing. Dive taste test. It'll probably make more sense. Figure out what makes YouTube, Rick and Morty fans shit their kicks. Well, like I say, like McDonald's sauces never taste like what they're meant no, to. No, that's true. So um, we'll find out what actual Szechuan like sauce McDonald's sweet and sour is probably my favourite dip of theirs, and it's fantastic, but it doesn't taste like sweet and sour sauce, really. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah. so we'll have a little countdown. Three, two, we'll do a three, two, one, and then eight. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So yeah. three, two, one, go. Hmm. Oh, it's spicy. It is spicy. <laughs> yeah. It's got a bit more of a tang than I was anticipating. It tastes distinctly Chinese. It does. Oh, God, that kick's coming back now. <laughs> With a vengeance. Like I said, I don't think you meant to use this as a dipping sauce, because it is, like, to use with, like, a stir fry or something like that. Yeah. So it's probably concentrated. So it might be concentrated float. Yeah, like, this isn't a great taste test. I am going for a second dip, because I actually... I'm not. I'm a I don't fan go of spice. crazy for spice because I think sometimes it can just ruin the food. But there's a nice bite to that. Mm. No. Holy <laughs> Christ! The life. <laughs> you don't dip that. You basted it. Uh, what are you gonna do with that? Put it in my mouth. What do you think? No. So, so actually, yeah. Fresh one sauce. Um. I think I'm. Right. I think I could go for that. And what I might have to do is actually next time I have. I wouldn't store my fucking McDonald's. For yeah, summer. I wouldn't punch my grandmother. I for wouldn't it, pay three thousand dollars. Well, like I say, the the awkward thing is, and this is a completely fraud test, really, is that we have no idea what the McDonald's one tastes like at the end of the day. Um, my life is on fire now. I shouldn't put too much sauce on it. But I have I have a feeling that that we might actually. We might actually get more from McDonald's. We've got to hope that McDonald's will actually realise this. And, and I'm pretty and sure I read something recently that said they are looking at bringing it back full time. I mean, KFC have finally brought the double down burger to the UK. That is true. Well, I don't know whether to call it a burger because it's it's two two chicken burgers <laughs> with the rest of it in between. Yeah, um, I quite like that. Oh, I quite enjoyed the uh, double down. Fucking tits. I think it's a bit of a gimmick. I don't know if it's worth its cash, money, value. We're turning into a food podcast now, I'm afraid. I'm pretty sure it's about 4,000 calories as well, so you, have, you have one and it's then just you don't a burger. eat anything. They've taken the bread out and given you an extra bit of chicken. That's yeah. all it is. It's <laughs> yeah. special. Oh, what are you doing? Making a mess? These are brand new jeans. 
My mum got me these for my birthday. I'm oh, telling mummy. Oh, the Szechuan sauce is a, a stainer. Uh, there we go. There we can well, test the gas then. Does Szechuan <laughs> sauce stain your jeans? Christ, no. no. I'm not silly back. Can I check out the ingredients on the side? Can, of you, you can put the lid on as well if you want. It's up to oh, you. I'll, put the, I'll, put the I'll rather you put the lid on before you pass it. Um, before you chucked it over my way. Go on, you, you, read the, uh, you read the ingredients of that. Is, um, there anything, is there anything in there that stands out? Normally it's just the allergens in bold. Yeah, wheat. Don't look at me like that. Why do I like bread so much? This piece is. I think this section may require some editing. Because mm. <laughs> it's sort of just us eating. Fuck it. Um, I don't know, mate. I thought it was plum based. No, it? it's literally it's spicy tomato sauce. That is literally what it is. It's got a few different spices in there, some dried red chilli, oh. uh, garlic puree, oh, ginger garlic. puree, ginger. but for the most part it's made out of tomatoes and chillies. It is spicy chilli sauce. That's pretty much how you make anything Chinese though, isn't it? You just put ginger in it. Mm. That yeah. seems to be the way to do it. Ginger and garlic, there you go. It's Chinese. Thank God, yeah. uh, I haven't had a pizza bread in a while either. No. I'm enjoying it. been many a moon. Well, you, you can have the rest if you want. They're only 50p. Oh, thank you. Surprisingly cheap, actually. Mm. But, yeah. I think that leaves one thing. And one thing only. It's it's time. For the bear game. Um, it's, it's time for the what? The, the <laughs> bear still, game. The bear game. The bear game. I'm still eating bit of bread. <laughs> so... <laughs> there's going to be the majority of like this section just uh, chopped slapping together yeah so this week was a bit awkward oh well because there's nothing strongly themed I thought that I could go and try and find Mm. some items for so after Mark's major rant about EA and their devastation and then talks about Mass Effect Andromeda and all that I thought I'd have a look for some Mass Effect items so, Ad, Ad, can you remember who won last last time? It was, of course, moi. That was a 4-1 victory, I think, wasn't it? Oh, one? yeah, I wiped the floor with him. Yeah. Are we, are we classing each game win as a point? Yeah, yeah, I think we'll, we'll keep a little leaderboard on the uh, WordPress, uh, on our WordPress site, which is thegamescluster.wordpress.com, uh, where you'll find many links to everything from the podcast to the YouTube videos that we're currently producing. Thank you. <laughs> um, last episode was a fucking fix. Was no fix. So I got, I got, I've, fix you. I've got a selection oh, of sorry. items. Anyway, um, nothing, nothing too standard, um, except for the one. So we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. Um, add you won last week, so we'll let you go first because then that allows Mark to try and just cheekily undercut you by a penny. Okay, a, darling. Penny. So the first item. We're going to go for Mass Effect 3, brand new, on the Xbox 360. Standard edition, nothing special. Is it sealed? Yes. Okay. Sealed, brand new. Um, the front of the box even claims that it's better with the Kinect sensor. Didn't even realise Mass oh, Effect Christ. 3 used the Kinect sensor. Oh, okay. Maybe for voice activation or something, maybe you could chat voice commands. Now, you may have explained this, like the previous section where you were talking and I wasn't really listening to you. Um... 
<laughs> is this a buy it now price? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. All of these will be buy it now prices. Uh, last week, it, uh, well, last episode it wasn't, but these, these ones definitely are. Excellent. Um, I think my problem so, with this game is I bring logic into the equation and it's never fucking logical. Well, for people who didn't listen to the first episode, I'd be really surprised if you don't listen to the first episode and this is the first one you listen to, because why the hell would you listen to this? Um, the eBay game, I've got a selection of five items. Um, they'll, uh, the guys will take it in turns to select a price, and then the other one will pick a price that will be higher or lower, or maybe even the same. And whoever's closest gets a point. If you get it bang on, you get a total of five points. Okay. So, and first to guess, brand new Mass Effect 3 for the Xbox 360. Sealed. All good. Buy it now, price. $24.99. $24.99. Oh, That's naughty. I want to say that it's not even worth the fucking plastic it's Fucking printed on, but I know some people are crafty and they're buying now. So I'm going to go with 1999. 1999. <clears throat> yeah. Base edition. Well, as an early starter, that's a point for Mark with 17 pounds and 14 Ooh. pence. 17 pounds and 14. It's a very strange price. Yeah, very strange price. <laughs> nice, easy one though to start you off there. Um, the next item we're going to go for is a Mass Effect comic. I do believe it's from Dark Horse. Yep, Dark Horse Comics, very Sounds well known. Right. Yep. Very well known for their, for their comics, and they like to just pick up any IP they can and whack it into a graphical form. This is issue one of Mass Effect Discovery. It's released in 2017. Issue one, and it has a buy it now price. And I'm going to ignore the postage. This isn't free postage, but we will ignore the postage costs to make okay. life easier. And Mark, you'll be the first one to guess this time. Okay. Uh, issue one of a Mass Effect comic, which I'm guessing was the comic they released prior to the release of Mass Effect Andromeda. Potentially, it's called Mass Effect Discovery. Yeah, so I'm guessing it'll be that one. Uh, I'm going to say six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Okay. Okay. So probably only fucking four pages long. Yeah, the Dark Horse ones aren't normally that long. Well, comics <laughs> these days aren't very long. I don't know if they were before, but add. I'm going to go fourteen ninety nine for a comic. You insane! I'll take it that I've lost that one. <laughs> He's going to get a fucking point even. <laughs> Mass Effect Discovery released in 2017, issue number one from Dark Horse Comics. One pound seventy five. <laughs> Mark takes the point okay. for a two nil lead. Okay. Ah, the tables have turned. Plenty Can't of times. Like constantly do Sonic ones. No, because I'll, I'll eventually lose all my hair. <laughs> okay. So next up, we've got a brand new Mass Effect Tally Pop Funko Vinyl Rare. And it's Ooh. number 13. I'll show you a picture just so you can remember what Tally looks like. I remember what Tally looks like. Yeah. Okay, so it's a pop Vinyl. Funko Pop Vinyl. Supposedly rare. It's number 13. Uh, I think I assume that's in the Mass Effect series. I got pop vinyls, but I don't have any idea about collectability and numbers. So um, I do believe, and you are the first one to guess the price for this. Fucking tits, tits. Again, buy it now. This one is free postage. 
There's even three available. Um. Um. Ah, oh, bulls. I'm gonna go twenty nine ninety nine on that bad boy. Twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Rare, rare pop vinyl. Twenty nine ninety nine. See, I bought. I I bought a rare pop vinyl. I bought. Oh, he's got prior experience here. I I bought uh, David Barry's Goblin King from the Labyrinth film as a pop vinyl. For the listeners out there, how much did that cost? It was the price I will be going for, which was actually fourteen ninety nine. Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, and it's still and it was classed as a rare. And it's a rare one. Rare pop vinyl. I might I might have to put Nat. If you listen to this, can you stop a second? I might have to buy that from Nat. That might be an easy Christmas present. I tend to buy a pop one. Um, <laughs> so we've got fourteen ninety nine from Mark, twenty nine ninety nine from Ad. I, I do believe Ad. If you were to multiply your guess by ten, you'd have the correct price. Fucking two hundred and ninety nine pounds <laughs> and ninety nine pence. A pop vinyl for a pop vinyl. Does it even bubble its head? Uh, no, no. Well, oh, just stiff head. Fucking stiff head pop vinyl. <laughs> oh, look, we've evidently got a pop He's vinyl fucking expert. fucking his head. <laughs> okay, it's a 2-1. Add, pull him back into it. It's a fucking disgrace. Oh, I'll pull him back into it. This one could be very interesting then. So, the next one we've got is a Mass Effect N7 Spectre Watch. Number 347 out of 500... This was a Bioware store exclusive. I've got pictures up here. Was it manufactured by um, Bioware? I can't imagine so. I don't know if Spectre's the name of the company. Well, or no, Spectre, Spectre was in game, wasn't it? It's was what, that one of the armors? What, uh, Commander Shepard was a Spectre. Okay. Uh, so oh, it doesn't actually look that premium, to be honest. No, it doesn't even look like it could survive you putting your hand in the sink. But it is a, definitely mm. a Mass Effect product. It's, yeah. it's brand new. Is. Limited run, number 347. In a little um, box there. And it comes in a nice little box. Mm. So I do believe the guess, first guess goes back to Mark on this one. Right, oh, okay. Limited edition, 500 made. Wasn't included in the collector's edition. So it was a store only thing. This, yep, this is a Bioware, Bioware mm. store exclusive. Right, okay. Well, given the fact that people keep hiking prices up looking. Well, the watch silly. I, I can confirm is made by a company called Meister or Meister. Oh, I think I've heard of those. Meister. I'm going to go with a crisp seven hundred pounds. Seven hundred pounds. He's going the opposite end of the watch. spectrum. He's oh, beginning to learn how this game yeah. generally yeah. works. I'm going to go a. Sloppy, £300. £300. Well, Adam, I'd like to call you the Szechuan source of the game because you spiced this up. You were so close. £299.99. I should have put the fucking 9 You could have got the five points. You know what, for once, I'm happy. Because I was was genuinely afraid that it was going to cost... This more closer to a grand. This begs the question: Would you prefer that watch or the pop vinyl? I'd have the pop vinyl because both of them are the same price on eBay. I'd have the pop vinyl. You're a mentalist. I am a mentalist. 
That does take it. I wouldn't off. pay the money for either. That takes it two all though. So two this all. one, compared to last week, which I think was four nil and then ended four one, into the final round. So earlier on we spoke about how Pants Andromeda was, especially or at least in comparison to the previous uh, three Mass Effects. Mm-hmm. We have Mass Effect Andromeda on PS4. And it's got the collector's edition, remote control, nomad thing, little drone <laughs> thing. Uh, it's a, got a remote control nomad, which looks pretty funky. It's like the six-wheeler explorer vehicle. Oh, is it the car, the Mark? Or something. Was it the Mark Three or something like that? Well, this is the Mark Seven nomad. I mean, it's, and it comes. It's the deluxe Just, edition yeah. of the Mass Effect Andromeda. So basically, you buy it for the car, and it happens to come with the fucking game. <laughs> So please after the please flop play of, this game. After the flop of Andromeda, how much do you think it will go for on PS4 Collector's Edition with a remote control nomad? And we're back to you, Adam, to guess the price first. Oh. Charge money. Wait, 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 the flop of Andromeda Ooh, on high. PS4. Yeah, remote control car. EA like to charge. Like to charge. I'm going whole hog. Okay, it's going to be interesting. I'm going 129.99. Whole hog, 129.99. Sixty pound for the game. And then you reckon? And then. So we can ish. Yeah, for the remote control car. So Ad, you said 79.99. Mark said 129.99. Adam, I'm afraid you needed to add another £300 to your answer. Fucking tits. 379.99 for a PS4 copy of Andromeda with a remote control Nomad. That Nomad literally must be able to drive through lava to be worth that much. Um... But that does mean Mark has evened it up overall. Praise the sun. To one all. However, on a tie, we'll refer back to goal difference, and currently Ad will be winning that with six points to Mark's total of four. We are not fucking bringing goal difference. <laughs> is it the eBay game? It's the only other way that we can break ties at the moment. Christ. So Ad is currently only leading on goal difference. Excellent, eh? But I've taken three wickets. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. That's how it works. Um, but otherwise, I think that will yeah. close out the show. Does anybody want to throw today, anything yeah. in before before we close it out? Um, next podcast plans to be a oh, yes. based around the Comic Con convention, which I shall be going to this weekend. So he's go. He's, uh, Adam is going to the Comic Convention convention in London. The Comic Convention in the Vention of the Convention. It's an invention. Yeah, down at the Excel. I mean, if you see him there, feel free to flag him down. <laughs> but granted, for, t- for one week only, you can bring back Happy Slappy. Well, the, this <laughs> this is releasing after the convention anyway. Yeah, you cockroach. Um, for one week only. Not that I would get spotted from from an audio pod. Well, primarily audio podcast. He sounds like that guy I listened to yeah, somebody go around slapping brummies. Um, I'm getting one of these. One of these brummies will be. But yeah, we actually have sort of some semblance of a plan for what we'll be doing next episode. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to do a Comic Con special. 
uh, we can hear about the wondrous delights. And I think we're even going to try and get Ad's much better half yes, involved. Perhaps, perhaps. We shall see. Yes. Um, and then we even have some plans going further than that, that we may be having some special guests. Um, all related to Ad and Mark in some way. Uh, literally related to Ad and Mark in some way. Um, so we're just keeping it in the family. Um, but yeah, so I think that's everything from me. Mark, do anything else you want to throw in? Uh, I think I think we've covered all the bases for this particular episode. Right, so don't remember... No, don't remember. Don't remember. Don't remember. <laughs> don't remember this Forget podcast. what you've heard here. Don't forget. We've got We're not the, the droids you're looking for. We've got the WordPress at thegamescluster.wordpress.com. We've got the YouTube channel of The Games Cluster. Just search for us, because I don't think we're allowed a channel... URL yet not at this stage we're also mm. on Instagram so if you're interested in keeping up to date and what we're doing on a daily basis then there'll be a few video, a few videos and images thrown on there I would have thought as well so. yeah. and where, where can you find this podcast if you want to subscribe Mark you can find it on iTunes with lazy spelunkers type it into the old toolbar you can yeah. find it on Amazon on Amazon I, I, I think you find it no, on no, no. <laughs> no, 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 Bye. Well, I'm gonna go for a wank now. Tatty bye! Fucking. Stop it. Stop splurging. Splurge. This is well past my bedtime.